What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the PC Podcast. I hope you're doing all right. I hope the weather is getting warmer for you as well. Um, yeah, it's nice. Bye, winter. God, thank God that's over. Uh, today we've got Brandon on the podcast. Brandon, I suppose many people have a friend like this. Uh, Brandon's the guy that you call up whenever you need to move, and he brings his, his big old pickup truck with all of his towing mechanisms and such. And he takes all of your stuff from one place to another in exchange for good conversation and a couple meals and 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 money. Yeah, I, I usually pay him for this stuff. Um, but that is my friend, Brandon. Yes, um, we've known each other prior to before he was my moving friend, of course, though. So there's a baseline level of friendship there. Uh, but Brandon's a very kind-hearted person who you know, is always willing to help with those kind of things. Um, and yeah, he, uh, he's, he, he is a very, uh, Christian man who holds a little more conservative views than most people that have come on the podcast, but we talk about that and come down to more consensus than anything. So, you know, it's just refreshing to have a, a new take every now and then on whatever's happening in the world and to find that, you know, we, we really do tend to agree on most things so yeah uh that's brandon but i guess i'll get this out of the way um in terms of news that's been going on in regards to the shooting or stabbing whatever happened in down in georgia and all this asian hate that's going on i am obviously asian i am japanese if that's not evident by my voice um but yeah so i've talked on this podcast about privilege a lot and how Asians sometimes get this white treatment. And this is, uh, it's not false. Like, if you're Asian, you kind of know what I mean. We kind of, like, blur the lines here and there. And I've generally taken a stance that we tend to be more privileged than other, like, even white people if we're talking about intersectionality. And, you know, that's, I still think that applies to some situations. But then things like this happen and you realize, like, you know, real racism is is out there, and it's targeted at me or people like me just because of who we are, and um, that's not cool. It's really not, and it's really sad to see that that continues to happen, um, and that's, you know, that's like a very real indication of the hate in people's hearts, but anyways, uh, coming up in the next podcast, I'm having a friend of mine uh, also half Japanese as well, and we're just going to get, you know, get down and talk about that kind of stuff, so if you're interested in, uh, like a, like an Asian perspective on this, on what's all going on, then tune into that podcast, because it'll be, it'll be good, it'll be good, yeah, but until then, we've got my very good friend Brandon, so enjoy this episode. It's just a carbon copy of it. What are you drinking here? Uh, today we got pure sparkling water from Excess. Oh, nice. And then classic 
excess energy drinks. Oh, word. This is just sparkling water? Yeah. And Everybody's, it's supposed to not have a flavor, but it totally has a flavor. Huh. Is it like the electrolyte flavor? Like that like crispness you get from electrolyte water? Yeah. Crack it open. Hell yeah. Thank you. I've been getting into sparkling water recently. I didn't like it as a kid. I thought it was gross. Oh, it was I thought was it was terrible. disgusting. And now I'm just like, ooh, I want some carbonation without all the sugar. Right? <clears throat> it's basically completely replaced my soda like that does have like a taste to it though it tastes like they're like drinking like a sprite at first so does uh the pellegrino stuff like yeah that has a flavor to me too. yeah yeah i wonder if that's just the electrolytes is that just like they just fucking like bomb that shit with like potassium and what else magnesium there there is flavors that like are focused on magnesium mm -hmm. and then here in a couple of weeks we're going to release one that has I forget what they're putting in it. <laughs> <laughs> what is this XS? <clears throat> XS is a an exclusive brand from Amway. Oh yeah, 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 that's right. So we have the exclusive rights to sell it, and um, I love it. So I buy a lot of it. Hell yeah, that's what's up, dude. Yeah, it's like this is this passes any sort of sparkling water, if you ask me. And cans are cool. Yeah, cans <laughs> are cool. I leave it in the back of my truck. That's exactly where I yeah. got it from. Nice. It's cold. Have you seen that liquid death stuff? I have. It, yeah. It looks really tempting just because it, you know, appeals to my yeah. gyness, but. It's also like $4 for, oh, for like really? one, yeah, for one can of water. Like, That's terrible. And like, I guess the idea is that you have to finish it if you open it up because it's a can. There's no way to seal it back up. So you can't just like. Right. Leave it. I was like that. I guess that makes sense. Are you supposed to, like, kill your thirst? I guess that's what it is, liquid death. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. I would, I, we, there are a lot of people at my work drink it, and, like, I don't know, man. I can't justify paying for water they like that. They drink the liquid death stuff for yeah. $4 a can? Yeah, some people just straight up buy it. and like. That's fantastic. Consumerism I know. Consumerism is alive and well. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, <laughs> this is... Clearly, people got the money for this stuff. It's like, right. If and I'm going to buy something, it's going to have as much of caffeine or something that i need in it some other substance that i'm right. addicted to in it right already. right some <laughs> guarna something that they just extracted out of monster and just put it into an organic label that's what i need <laughs> the swamp people down under underneath yes. new york right right dude so what have you been up to it's been a long time since we've seen each other it it's been terribly long you mm -hmm. reminded me of that when uh when i i guess i hadn't told you i left lowe's a while back right um, right yeah and he became a school bus driver, right? That's right. I drove a school bus for Fayette County, yeah. and then uh, they swindled me into the mechanic shop back there, so yeah. I was a diesel mechanic for them for two years. Nice. And then just this past June, I started paving asphalt. Oh, shit. It's a lot of fun. Really? Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, so it, is that still with the same... Is it a different company that you're it's working for? It's for ATS Construction. Okay. Um, so I went in with my CDL from the Fayette County. Mm-hmm got a, a little bit of a pay bump from the entry level and then everybody starts at the bottom so you start holding out a flag flagging traffic yeah getting, yeah you know almost hit right and then as people quit or as you prove that you can work harder than the next guy yeah you move up so you start holding the shovel start running equipment yeah you start you know being in charge of like the path that we're going to take like layout of the actual project right and uh 
now I'm doing everything. So it's like you started from the bottom where they literally... Yeah. It reminds me of what Mr. Kai used to say. It's like, if I can't trust you to do, <clears throat> to do the little things, like, how can I trust you to do anything more? Spot on. Right? And it's like, damn. Right? It's, it's like, if you can't fucking sit there and hold a flag, it's yeah. like, you're not getting anywhere, buddy. I don't care how stupid you think it is. Well, we got one guy who's about to turn 68, and he's been a flagger the whole time i've worked there why he's been a flagger for years before then he just why Is he it... didn't want to do anything else oh he's just chill with doing he's that just chilling all right well shit. <laughs> there, mean, there you go if you got to be working that old and that late in your life you better yeah. be doing something i guess but yeah i mean i guess you don't want to be doing something too difficult for you well we have the exact opposite too we have mm-hmm. a guy who's uh he probably just turned 60 ish Hmm. Um, but he refuses to operate equipment. He refuses to uh, hold a flag because if he slows down, he thinks he's going to break down. Mm, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, he's out there with a, a shovel and a rake. or a, a rake is like a... I forget the technical term for it, but it's like a... It's about four foot wide, mm-hmm. super flat. Mm-hmm. Um, like a squeegee, but made out of metal for... For, for paving around. asphalt or yeah. concrete yeah yeah i've watched uh i watched some concrete laying videos recently really because like we, we've got to lay down some concrete on the farm for like a structure so i was like just looking i was like we could hire somebody to do that i was like what does that mean though? like how do you lay concrete and like it's not that like difficult looking you definitely want right. you know it's like something that you need some experience with but at the end of the day it's like make the box pour with concrete and then like even it out yeah right but it's just really <clears throat> all the technique and like equipment too because you do need that squeegee thing to even it out or else it's gonna look real dumb well 90 percent of it is how much water do you have inside the mixture hmm. and then if you have too much no one can handle it if you have too little nobody can make it look smooth yeah but yeah. when you get it just right you can take that trowel right across yeah you know you can be an artist with it oh really so it's like the ratio of the is that the biggest like obstacle you think right because everything else just seems like effort and labor right? right it's just like you just like just do it and like try to make it look good and like work at it but like there's got to be some secret recipe to it and i guess the concrete would probably be the best starting point for that yeah concrete's pretty forgiving um because when the when the job's done if you if it looks the way you like it you can walk away yeah it'll dry it'll be perfect yeah you know you're done asphalt's the same way it's just you have with concrete you have about 24 hours to get it where you want it Mm -hmm. with asphalt you have 45 minutes what (laughs) yeah why it comes out of the it comes out of the the asphalt plant at 500 degrees it pours into the paver out of the dump truck about 400 350 Mm -hmm. and then anything below 250 degrees it's unworkable really yeah wow so so you're like on a time limit then you gotta get that time limit if it cools down you can't do anything oh shit and you can't reheat it either good thing we're not working on the asphalt that sounds like way too much pressure right (laughs) that sounds like way too much equipment we're just a bunch of dudes that are just about to pour this in like with some gloves (laughs) well yeah i i don't even think you can rent a paver but if you yeah. could, that would be a lot of fun. It'd be a huge learning experience, but it'd yeah. be a lot of fun. That's the thing about YouTube, man. You just go on there and like you can find what exactly how to do anything. You just 
it's right there right yeah i i spent like three hours watching concrete videos i never thought i'd be that at that point in my life have you ever gone down the rabbit hole of remote control construction vehicles no you can get so far down that rabbit hole. yeah but they they work with real concrete they work with real dirt oh but it's just you know small enough to fit on the table the desk in front of us right here huh like that like it's a remote and yeah. they use that to like power so something that uses they're just sitting in their chair with a remote really? <laughs> operating this tiny little construction vehicle that's oh like it's just a tiny miniature like model exactly no way they have bulldozers they got excavators they got everything you could dream wow of. that's like the evolution of the toys that you used to get the, the, right. the toy tractors well some of the highest quality remote control vehicles started life as toys yeah and then these guys will take it apart and put in like hydraulic actuators so that it actually oh, works yeah it's, no way yeah that's it intense man crazy. yeah people get real obsessed over that kind of stuff it's amazing but yeah i never thought in my life i'd be like watching a bunch of farming videos and like concrete laying and like fence building and stuff yeah it just got me thinking like there's just like there's just skills out there there's just skills that you can just like pretty much pick up off the ground as if they were just candy there it's like just go do it like there's the information to do it and then you go do it and then well that's that's, that's the best news yeah the yeah. best news is that they are skills yeah right like, if, if 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 everything depended on talent life would be a lot right? more boring yeah we know uh, we all most of us suck at like 99 percent of things <laughs> right it's like right. you had to be talented to like lay concrete ah that's rough it's like i'm sure there are talented people that lay concrete and they're like fucking savants at it for sure right but it's like you don't have to be that's for sure but i mean anybody with any skill it's just whoever's willing to put in the time to, to yeah. learn it yeah they're the ones that got it really the barrier of entry is just like effort yeah are you gonna do it or not that's just like that's, showing, just that's what i talked to, to fucking uh jordan about was like how like being in band in high school influenced him it's like all those kind of little things that we learned that right. weren't that weren't necessarily music related but just like overall life related right so like just, showing up on time or early yeah yeah it's like 50 percent of the battle is just showing up mm -hmm. it's like if you do that then like then it's just effort right but like it's so hard just to get yourself there in the first place right it didn't seem that way because like we were forced to be in school so we were just there but sure. but like, we signed up for band yeah true so you know but like think about now whenever it comes to any sort of responsibility it's just like fuck like <laughs> i just gotta get there like right it's just so hard like i don't want to go to do this but it's like once you get there then it's like oh yeah it's not that bad one of my favorite guys <clears throat> his name is matt grotewald mm -hmm. and uh he has a, a talk titled 10 seconds of courage mm -hmm. and he's uh, you know in order to do something that you don't want to do it doesn't take like being amazing at forcing yourself to do something it takes 10 seconds for you to make the decision yeah and after that it's just hanging on yeah you know it's are you yeah. gonna stick to it right but the whole decision of like i'm gonna go learn concrete or i'm gonna go mm -hmm. learn how to play the piano mm -hmm. it all starts with 10, a, a split second a decision. split second of okay i want to do this yeah. let's go yeah no kidding i had that right before the podcast with jordan where I got off at six and he was coming over at eight thirty. Yeah. And I was like, All right, I get off at six, I have two and a half hours to like go home, meal prep, go to the gym, come back, shower before the podcast. 
And I was like, there's no fucking way I'm doing that. I was like, no way. No way at all. I was like, it was like 5 p.m. I was like, no, I'm just going to go home. I might cook. I might do like two out of the three things. And I was like, no. I was like, just split second. Like, you bitch, go do it. And then I was like, all right, go do it. And I, I did it. I crushed every single thing. Like, for that two and a half hours, just straight, just like productivity crushing it. Got back. I was like, nice. Did a whole podcast. At the end of the night, I felt great. Exactly. I was like, it was just like, this is just some random idea that I had. Exactly. And then, like, I just fell through with it. You and know, if you, made, if you made the decision not to, mm-hmm. all of the all the good feelings, like the relaxation or the, mm-hmm. you know, whatever feeling you were given into, comes immediately. Yeah. But then the, the next two and a half hours is you laying in your bed watching Netflix on your phone. Yeah. And that's not kind like of in a, despair. That's not a feeling of enjoyment. That's right. just living kind of. John Mulaney has a quote about how like canceling plans is like heroin. Right? It's like <laughs> right. immediately after that. you do it, you're like, Oh <laughs> Yes. Yeah, that's how I felt. I was like, if I just decide not th- that I wasn't gonna do those things, like, oh I'm not doing it. Ha <laughs> ha Oh my gosh. But then you feel like shit later. So it's right. like which one is it? Like you could You eat. can you can satisfy yourself early or yeah. but like you said the feeling of accomplishment after you did all those tasks and you were busy all day long yeah that feeling at the end of the day was 10 times better than oh yeah i'm gonna go be lazy oh the dopamine from that is just quality i yeah i wish i wish that was easier to harness it takes a lot of effort sometimes right like <clears throat> or maybe it's either effort or noticing it Right. Because there's a lot of times like I go to work five days a week for my I put in my 40 hours. It's great. But like Mm -hmm. I don't notice that I do that. And it doesn't feel like an intentional thing that gives me like a reward at the end. It feels like work because it's a job. I don't really give a shit that much. Does it feel any different than when you woke up and go to school or do you kind of put it in that same place? in your brain? It's kind of the same, actually, where you just you accept that this is what you're doing right now. Yeah, exactly. And, like, afterwards, I don't really get that sense of accomplishment. It's like, oh, I work today. It's like, right. no, that's just baseline normal, what I have to do, you right. know? But everything on top of that that I do does give me that feeling. And it's like, if I want, if I decided to say that, like, going to work was the thing that provided me that kind of sense of purpose and, like, you know, whatever, then, like, maybe it'd be different. Maybe it's a perspective thing. Maybe that would get me every day to have this rush of dopamine at the end of it it's like oh, i put in my hours and did that but it, like at the same time i there's no I, way that could happen to i me. don't think so yeah i, I think that a job is always going to be a job it, you'd have and to have a good career for that to really like work out like that because I, I don't know i i'm sure that they're i'm sure that they exist but i've never yeah. met a person that uh, they're very few and far between that actually right feels accomplished with what they do You'd have to be like for their career, like lead researcher of something. Yeah, like, like if you came up with cancer, you better go right. home, sleep with your wife, and feel awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like if you discover something crazy like that, it's like that's got to be day in day, not rewarding. It's like got to be a grind. But if you ever get to a point, it's got to be so rewarding. Right. Whereas I don't think I'll ever feel that with just a job like I have right now. It's like I, I get my paycheck, and even that's not even entirely rewarding. It's just like that's just like what i need to live so right yeah it's like i'm like and it's fine but i tell you what it is rewarding it's investing in dogecoin oh yeah how's that been going for you <laughs> dude i inv- i bought like i bought like eleven thousand of them last year as really? a joke just because i was like 
Dogecoin, what's that? And I just looked into it. And I was like, dude, this is going to pop off eventually. Like, I believe in the power of memes. That's what I said. No way. And I bought like 50 bucks of it. That was 11,000 coins. And that was at like, you know, $0.002. Now it's up to six cents. So I was just like, <laughs> nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. That I was is like, sick. I was like, that was dope. Nice. I'm just going to hold it. Like, I, I have yeah. no reason to, you know, yeah, move it around i'm just gonna be like i'm just chilling like I, I forgot about that money it's multiplied i'm still forgetting about it did so. you enjoy the gamestop meme fiasco oh that was incredible it's just so great seeing <laughs> seeing all these rich people just really just bitch about stuff it's just like oh they challenged us they were like you know normal people have the the same access to the stock market that we do y'all need to play you need to do this you need yeah and as soon as we did we all banded together as our poor folk right can yeah and we stuck the largest middle finger to the hedge fund people and they anybody were ever crying could. about it dude they, they lost billions that's the thing that begs the question it's like these hedge fund people like what do they do for society? Like, right. what, 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 like, okay, they probably donate their money and help small business or like do like here and there, but not in proportion to how much money they're actually making. Yeah. You know, if they're making billions and they donate a couple hundred thousand to biz- like small businesses here and there, they're just absolutely enhancing this business like crazy with like thousands of a percent of their profits. Right. It's it, like, so I, what? what is your purpose? Like, do we need you? Do we need <laughs> you guys around doing this? Well, if, if a Christian guy could show me like, hey, I made a billion dollars this year mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I believe in something, so I gave 10% of it to my church and my church is on a mission to do good, I'd be so incredibly proud yeah. of him. Yeah, that'd be dope. But I doubt any of these guys are giving one uh, percent no. of their income to anybody because if the hedge fund gave 10 percent, you know we're talking on the orders of like hundreds of millions of dollars yep. to something it's like no, no 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 these people are buying yachts and stem cell therapy right like yep. they're not like it doesn't feel like that money is going anywhere besides their own ass well and it's it's their own it's their own fault that they're not making more too because yeah you know why chick-fil-a is like the best restaurant ever and everyone calls it jesus chicken it's like they have morals yeah even as a company they have morals yeah whether you agree with them or not it's respectable enough that they're huge they've stuck with it yeah they've stuck with it they sell like two good things yeah chicken nuggets and chicken sandwiches yeah but if you've ever delivered for doordash Mm -hmm. you go to chick-fil-a two out of three orders (laughs) true it's that's true yeah yeah they really have people by the balls yeah but yeah, that that is that is true about the values thing. It's like Bill Burr has a joke about McDonald's, mm-hmm. and it's like how it all just kind of went downhill when they put the salad on there. It's like because now when 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 McDonald's puts a salad on there, now they're backpedaling. Now they're like, yeah, you're right. It's our fault. It's our fault that you ordered a thousand hamburgers and you got obese. Yep, that's yeah. our fault. It's like ah, you backed up. No one respects <laughs> you. Everyone hates you now. Everyone thinks you're a piece of shit because you gave in. You said sorry. Right. you shouldn't have you should have been like don't don't order the hamburgers fuck it's not our fault right right it's like, don't put a salad on there who 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 petitioned to put a salad on there who buys a salad at mcdonald's mm-hmm. come on like you have 
you've given up. Well, the terrible thing is the salad is like the worst menu item they have. It's horrible. It's just iceberg lettuce with some cheese and like. Well, isn't it still like a thousand calories? Probably, probably, <laughs> yeah, because you can just get like ranch or whatever you want on there. The just... ranch has you know eighty percent bacon fat mixed into <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, Here's your salad, you right? Fat fuck. You have no morals. <laughs> no one respects you, but they're still obviously very very right. successful but they might be more successful if they never did that right what if they just like kept there it's like you get big mac chicken sandwich filet of fish we're a fast food burger place come get a fast food burger exactly we have fries and burgers and milkshakes mm-hmm. we got soda and eventually we'll get apple pies too <laughs> like yeah lit. that's why in and out it's like well i guess in and out hasn't expanded but they have four menu items you know do they really or canes yeah canes is just like we do the same thing yeah we have we have chicken you want a three-piece basket or that you want that three-piece basket in between the buns and we're gonna call it a sandwich it's like that's right that's it it's like they have no nothing to like live up to they're just like this is it this is it and you're gonna come back every time because we're gonna stick with it yeah well like <clears throat> i don't like cheesecake factory for that exact reason oh like, but dude their menu is just too big that's that that's what i mean like, yeah their menu is 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 literally a four inch tall book yeah right you're like reading an encyclopedia of food hey have you decided what you wanted yet no i'm only on page three yeah right (laughs) come back in about half an hour yeah it's like i'm trying to pick between the pot stickers and the carbonara it's (laughs) like what the fuck kind of options do you have here right oh but i know what i'm getting for dessert yeah pumpkin pie (laughs) exactly it's like sell your cheesecake and I don't know what else you could sell with a, with a name like, like just sell cheesecake or change your name. I don't know. Mm-hmm. There's not really much you can do with, and like none of their foods are even that great, but they're just cheesecake it's, solid. It's not. Yeah. It's, everybody wants to rant and rave about it, but their, their average like burger is not as good as right. even McDonald's. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, especially for the price too. Cause you go there and they try right. to be all fancy and stuff like this is a goddamn cheesecake factory. Right? <laughs> factory like, is in right. your name. Yeah, Stop fa- lighting a candle right? in front of me. There's like three fights a week in this place. Like I'm not, this is not <laughs> is a respectable, really? I don't know. I just assume so. <laughs> There's a fight club in the kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing though. It's like re- really when you're a business that sticks to a certain moral, and it works then it's like you right. just want to stick to that you like you don't want to waver on your word on certain things and like i don't know i can't think of any other businesses that are like that mm. i i think there are a lot of them that just aren't in the mainstream yeah not of them not, that aren't a lot very of your, obvious your local businesses are definitely like that yeah <clears throat> people just need to make a bigger effort to go out and find them right I was going to say, Whole Foods used to be like that. Now they're totally selling out. Yeah. It, it's, it's atrocious how they're how much they're going back on what they used to be. And now that they're bought out by Amazon, they're like... I'm not even sure what they used to be. I mean, like, it used to be that, like, that neighborhood-looking store where everyone in there is, like, you know, diverse. Like, there's a lot of freedom, a lot of creativity. They used to have, like, a store artist that would make art for the store. or like a That's new, cool. A store nutritionist that would help people, like, with certain things that you could ask upon. Now all that's gone. Now it's whitewash, Amazon, corporate. Uh, you're not allowed to. Like, you, they used to promote all, like, the crazy hair, tattoos, yeah. piercings, whatever. And now they're like, you can have two piercings. Hide your hair. Hide your tattoos. You can't have anything. What? Yeah, they're doing all this shit, man. <clears throat> we used to get paid breaks, and they took that away. They were like, yeah, no more. Sorry. Mm. Which amounts to about like 
at, at the lowest level, it's about like a net of about $1,600 off of your paycheck every year Yeah. for not having... It's crazy how they're just like, fuck you, well, we they, don't care. They want a penny pinch so that nobody notices, you know, in the two-week period that you get paid, but you notice at the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, like, exactly. Because for every employee, you know, Amazon now, their parent company is mm-hmm. saving a million, two million dollars. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> so just obvious and atrocious, mm-hmm. and it's like... I don't know if this is because things are trending into play in towards a direction where like our jobs won't be necessary. Right. If it's that, I can kind of understand. Well, I think uh, Amazon was the one that suggested the no cashier method. The grocery store, yeah, yeah. yeah where just like, like all the, the products up. have mm-hmm. well, all the products have RFID tags, so you go in, you fill your shopping cart, and you walk out, yeah. and it just charges your phone. Yeah. And like, if it's going towards that, I get it. But what it seems like, the worst part about it is because if Amazon's going to make a grocery store and they do that, like, that's fine. But the thing is, like, Whole Foods used to have these morals, used to have these, like, you know, very strong values. They should just change their name so so that we know that they've gone back. They really should because they they don't stand for any of that shit anymore. Amazon food. Yeah. Yeah, right it should just be a whole amazon right? it, but like that makes it so much harder to work for them because it's like you used to stand for something right and now i just and like even if it's like you know shitty corporate business whatever you're working wage slave job it's like they made it feel like it's like we understand that we know it's bad but we give you a decent wage you have paid breaks you have pto all these benefits and stuff they've taken away benefits from part-time people they're just wow. like you know just like rolling back anything that could have like got somebody there in the first place like me mm-hmm. i was like this is lit like this is way better than any place this I've is ever where heard i want to work yeah and now it's just like wow it's like that's that's how you feel about workers okay and it's like i don't know part of me is just like i get it like that's progress for you but also at the same time uh that's also really shitty i'm you say i i don't think it's progress i think it's you know it's going back on everything because we've humans want to connect we want to help each other yeah but some guy that's never met you is making decisions about you know how you're going to live your life because you're going to take that paycheck home and you're going to do wonderful things with it he doesn't care right he's his goal is how how much bigger can i make this bottom line yeah yeah it's really just disheartening too because like grocery stores were not hurting during the pandemic like they were the only place not to yeah. Not to close down except for the family grocery stores. Like yeah. I don't know if you remember the one that was down there off of North Ashland. I I remember um, seeing it, yeah. But are uh, they gone? Coop, Coopers? Coopers grocery? Uh they're local guys here in Lexington. Mm. But uh yeah, like they, they didn't have everything. Right. But if you you know, if you wanted chips they had lays if you wanted a hot sauce they had some hot sauce Mm -hmm. it's like you could go in there and get what you needed yeah you didn't have to go to kroger you didn't have to go to walmart which is a whole nother corporate thing (laughs) their vegetables are grown in the horrible yeah it's like (laughs) oh my god but yeah it's just it's really disheartening for like all this to happen during a pandemic and then they're saying like we're making so much money also fuck you guys like while while this is happening we're just gonna try to capitalize as much as we can to like make this quarterly profit Mm -hmm. so much better than last year's quarterly profit and i'm like wow yeah that's what it comes down to well because they're paying the hedge fund guys yeah and that's the (laughs) thing man i'm just like yo like why did (laughs) it's just 
it's so i don't know yeah. i guess that's just business in america right like when you get to a big a big enough level it just becomes like just gross well believe it or not people think that the america is like the small business capital and it is because we we Are let big small and, businesses yeah. stay small uh, but yeah. like if you get to a point where you're a large business, you almost have to go evil. Yeah. You almost have to penny pinch. You have to do all the stuff because that's the government, believe it or not, is just demanding it. Yeah. Like all their policies favor the large, stingy business. Yeah. Yeah. But the mom and pop shop that wants to grow, they can't grow above a certain point without like some ungodly explosion. Yeah, because yeah. they're now once they get past a certain point, now they have to. It's like a like a tax bracket. If yeah. they make over a quarter million dollars, now they have to start paying the government this one thing, but it's going to stay that price until they make a yeah. million dollars. Right, right. But when you're only making a quarter million, now you only get to take home one hundred and fifty thousand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just it does. Not that I'm saying it doesn't make sense, because on some levels it makes sense, but it's just like, it's not really helping anyone, but, you know, yeah, but like a few people. And I don't know, it's just, and it makes it harder being in a system where like, it's tiered, right? It's like there's managers and store managers mm-hmm. and whatever, all this stuff. It's a pyramid scheme. And yeah, and everyone's <laughs> like complicit in some way, but there's no person you can just point at and be like, you're being a fucking asshole right it's like no we're just doing our job yeah it, it's yeah. like you're you're friends with your manager yeah but he he's got to be the bad guy because his boss was the one that gave the order when yeah. you go to his boss he's like hey man i'm i'm just listening to my boss right it's like, you get all the way up to the owner and the owner's like if you ever if you ever get to talk to him the owner's like well i had no choice yeah he's like i i i either did this made this decision or i lost my company mm-hmm so whose fault is it? Right. And it's just like, <laughs> at some point, you're just like, man, you can't have these values of being like, you know, local, small business, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. we care about our team members. We care about the environment. It's like, you can say you care about all those things, but like, you get to a certain point, you're so big that you can't uphold those. And now you're just kind of lying. You're just, just this dissonance between like what you are trying to do and what you say you're doing and like what you're actually doing mm-hmm. and it just creates this insidious little hole of like resentment from everyone that works there it's just like so i you know i want to not to bring attention to the company i work for but mm-hmm. i really like the company i work for mm-hmm. for the it's like the largest small business that i can think of yeah we have state contracts we have city contracts we have you know, private contracts, mm-hmm. but we take care of the private guys the most. Yeah. Like if we're doing some, some farmer's driveway, yeah. like you can guarantee that mm-hmm. there's not a leaf on there when we roll it. Right. Right. If there's right. a leaf print in that asphalt, we're yeah. going to tear it up and do it again. Yeah. But like a state job pays us five or 10 times more. Mm-hmm. So they prefer those. And we'll slap it down and walk away. Yeah. We do not care at all. Yeah, yeah. And it confused me at first, and then I spoke to one of the state inspectors, and he's like, it only has to be this good. Like, this is the level of quality that the state demands, Mm. and once that's reached, then your contract's fulfilled. Mm. 
but we want the private farm. You know, he has way higher expectations. Yeah. Even though he pays less, we're going to take care of him. Right. And you want his word, right? Like yeah, you want like you want we want his... his neighbors to call us. Yeah. We want, we want him to call us in ten years. Right. When he's like, "Hey guys, you know, driveway's looking a little iffy," and we're like, At, "You know what? We're gonna come out. We're gonna give you a repeat discount. Yeah. We're gonna put an extra inch on the top. Exactly. It's gonna look fabulous. And like the, with the state people, you're not gonna get that. No one's gonna be talking about how great the asphalt company was because they were just like, "We just need this." Right. Well, it's we won the bid. They don't even care who gets it. Yeah. It's like we were gonna do it for this amount of money. They said, oh, really? Cool. Yeah, it's like business should be like personal in some way. Mm-hmm. It's when it becomes impersonal that it gets all like fucked up and weird. And it's like when there's too many like barriers between the person that needs it and the person that's like administering it. It's all this like bureaucratic nonsense in between. I agree with you, but I'm gonna play the devil's advocate. Yeah. Um, so at what point is it too personal? Because we think we have issues with these hedge fund guys. Yeah. Just, it's the only reason they make money is because they know people. They have influence yeah. with other people. Right. So at what point do you, and I, I totally agree. Like it's who, you know, not what, you mm-hmm. know, you know, you should always help out your friends. You should always help out everybody. But, um, at what point is it no longer business? It's just, pals helping each other yeah yeah that's a good question and that i heard a i heard a saying recently called you can't make old friends oh really yeah which is very profound it's like you know if you know someone since you know whatever you were 10 years old yeah it's like you're gonna know somebody and once you're 50 you're gonna know that person you're gonna have someone that you've known for 40 years mm-hmm. right you could have made some a friend that at 20 years old but that that is a different friend like that is someone that you only know for 30 years right which is opposed to 40 years so like i think time has a lot to do with that because in a business sense you know if you've known someone for a really long time then it's like you kind of expect that reciprocity between each other yeah but like if it's like your new like you know partners it's like there should be there it's like you almost don't trust them yet yeah, it's like there doesn't need to be that personal, like overly personal connection because at first it's business. Maybe that spawns the personal connection later, but like it's a lot different between like someone you've known for like a year or two versus someone you've known for 30 years. It's like that relationships can be different. If you can manage to have relationships that last really long, then like business will probably turn into a personal relationship with someone. But right. that is few and far between if you ask me. Right. And if you're a bad businessman, you'll just befriend anybody and just act like you're friends with everyone and then, like, bankrupt yourself because you well, extended too when many you, favors. when you turn around and you need help again, yeah, no one's there. Right, right. Cause you the, the, you the, never the, connected with any one of them long enough to, or, to have that friendship. and Exactly. And it's super, kind of superficial because it's a business relationship. Mm-hmm. And it always will be kind of superficial because it is a business relationship until a certain point. You know, I don't. I'm not like super privy in business or anything. But if you're doing business with someone for like ten years, yeah, I feel like at some point you're like, yeah, like we help each other out. And boom. That's like uh, my grandparents are landlords. Yeah. And they strictly believe in never raising rent while it's the same tenant. Mm. <clears throat> so they've had, they have two people that have lived in their houses for like, fifteen plus years. Really. And their rent is $500 a month. Oh, my God. That's incredible. <laughs> but it's just, you know, 
the house has been paid off for so long, mm-hmm. so they're not paying on a mortgage. They're just paying taxes. Yeah. And it doesn't benefit them to raise that person's rent mm-hmm. because then you run the risk of losing that friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. The next guy can come in and tear the whole house up and you got to rebuild. Mm-hmm. So you're you're gaining you're gaining more than you think by sticking out with the people that you you yeah. know and you trust. Yeah, that's the other thing about like how we value things in this country is like everything's GDP, everything's like how much how much quantifiable value can you bring to whatever it is? It's like you can't quantify a friendship, though. Mm-hmm. Like you can't quantify like a woman raising children, even though that is arguably way more important than any fucking like amount of Barbie dolls you make in a, in a quarter. You know, it's right. like you need people that like are are people and first and foremost. And then like that's the thing about mothers that's so weird. It's like zero GDP on on moms because you don't do anything it's like that's the most ridiculous thing ever it's because like they do arguably the most important job right if they're a stay-at-home mom and just just raising kids like i don't know that there's much more important of a job than that well i i think they do get return but they're not they're not getting return right now which is the problem and i think we need to give them we need to take the focus back to them because moms are awesome. My yeah. mother's a saint. And necessary. Like, yeah. families are necessary. We should incentivize, you know, we shouldn't just be like, well, yeah, you're a mom, but you're not actually doing anything, so your value is actually zero. Right. And it's like, that's <clears throat> fucking absurd. Well, people used to be able, people be used to, it used to be normal to go to war Yeah. for, for your lady. I mean, Helen of Troy yeah, yeah. caused the largest war in human right. history. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right. At least until Jesus comes back, I think it was the largest war. Yeah, and um, it's like, we, we just live in different times now, you know? Yeah. It's like, we gotta, we gotta update this somehow. There's gotta be some value added societally to important things that aren't just make stuff, buy stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, consumerism's good for a lot of things. There's a lot of, like, Black Mirror episodes yeah. based around, cons- like, only strict consumerism. Yeah. Because taken to its logical conclusion, it's just, like, it's... We it, live to buy things. Yeah. It, it, it gets really just dystopian. Yeah. And, like, that's with any system you have, too. Any system that you put in place, you take mm-hmm. it to its extreme, it's fucked up. Right. Like, it's fucked up. And we're not going to escape that. In fact, a lot of people are probably just going to keep falling into it more and more as we go forward and it's like there's like a responsibility now to be like okay we live in a capitalist society everything's about buying stuff and having stuff uh but we need to actively just like be conscientious of that and not do that all the time because like holy shit that's not how you live but you can't you can't get rid of property and you can't get rid of ownership because that's the opposite extreme yeah you'll have the same problem it's like exactly what you're saying it's so hard to be in the middle right it's so hard to balance it's really easy to be on a teeter-totter and to sit on one end, mm-hmm. right? You're just sitting. Or someone else sitting on the other end. You're just sitting. There's, like, to balance yourself in the middle. Right. And, like, now imagine it's not just, you know, two teeter-totters, but it's, like, 19 of them all around <laughs> you, and you're trying to balance in the middle. It's or way harder. standing on top of one another. Yeah, right, of differing weights and just, like, yeah. and it's, like, it's so so much harder to take everything in and integrate and then try to live your life through all of it rather than just being like hardcore extreme on one thing right so i think we're talking about politics now 
<laughs> I don't know. I think we're talking about sociology. Okay. Yeah. Sociology. I, I'm big into politics, so I think politics yeah. is sociology. Yeah, yeah, in a and lot of I ways. I think you really need both sides. Yeah. You need, you need one person that is, you know, in the middle but leaning slightly left. And then you mm-hmm. need a person that's in the middle leaning slightly right. Right. Because... Yeah. It, you know, just honestly speaking, the person that leans left is going to come up with the good ideas. Yeah. The but, new ideas, the, you know, society's moving on, technology is here. Yeah. Ideas. And the person leaning to the right is going to be like, well, hold on. Just slow down a little bit. Right. I want cell phones. I want, I want customized, you know, home automation. Mm-hmm. But I don't want a microphone in every room in my house. Yeah, and that person, the person on the left, is going to be like, "Well, you're an idiot. It's it's not going to go that far, mm-hmm. but it's okay as long as we slow down and look at everything that's going to lead, you know, yeah. everything that's going to come. How can we ensure that I don't lose my privacy? You don't lose your privacy. Yeah, I I live my life and you right. live your life. I would say that in a broader spectrum, it's like someone. Like, when you break down people's personalities based on political leanings, it's like, you know, people on the left are often more open-minded, creative. People mm-hmm. on the right are more conscientious and, like, traditionalist. Yep. And, like, you know, like you said, people on the left come up with, like, a creative people create a, come up with an idea, and they will want to execute it, but they're not great at executing. The, well, they're, like, you know, like, making it concrete and, like, making they, it they happen. They even might be good at executing, but they're just, they're, I don't want to say naive, but... They haven't thought far enough down the road to be like, because I think the person that came up with that idea, if mm-hmm. it got to the, you know, if it got to the end, they might say, oh, crap, mm-hmm. what did I do? Yeah. But, you know, the person on the right's just going to be like, is going to think about it to the end mm-hmm. before making the decision. I would say, yeah, yeah. That's why they're called conservatives. They want right. to conserve, you know what we have now versus yeah yeah throwing it all away for the next the next thing yeah regardless they both have to work oh together right it's like one way or another because if you're if you're yeah the same thing we just said if you're hardcore conservative only and you have no if you have no new ideas yeah you have no conflict Right. You will stagnate to death. Yeah, and you're just going to get rolled over by yeah. the, the next, the person that's 1% smarter than you. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's like, but, like, it's like we need people on both sides, but we need everyone to understand that the other side is necessary. Yeah. Because, like, it feels like we're getting to a point where it's like, we don't need them. It's like, it's like, just get rid of them. It's like, no. Everybody <laughs> like, is necessary. Right? It's like, there's a really good book I uh listen to called the righteous mind this guy jonathan mm-hmm. height um he's a moral psychologist he has like a few books that are really good i've been really liking his work but he kind of um akins morality to to taste you have like five taste receptors right okay. like sweet sour bitter i guess you only have three but then there's like a few there's like 60 of them for bitter anyways like <laughs> for uh for morality you have things such as like i can't oh, i'll try to remember them all so like there's fairness um sanctity uh god damn i haven't read in a while there's like five total and essentially like the left will appeal to 
certain levels, certain flavors of morality, as in like the fairness. I know exactly what yeah. you're talking about. I think I, I heard about it on another podcast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's been making his way. Like the, yeah. the there's lots of academics commenting on what's happening that have very very good concrete ideas, mm-hmm. and at the end of the day, it it supports like a a somewhat conservative narrative sometimes. Like when you when you really extrapolate psychological data like the best done studies of psychology end up kind of for some reason leaning towards a view that seems like it's from the right even right. though it's not because like look at any social psychologist you tell me there's any conservatives in so like <laughs> you, you might have like five percent of so social scientists that are conservative right so you have all these like more or less left-leaning people creating research with hypotheses and they're coming out with these answers that are like like check it out it's like as a society gets more you know egalitarian or like you know uniform Mm -hmm. then the differences between genders actually increases it's like it's not like you level everything and then everyone becomes the same it's like no you level everything because everyone fall if is more comfortable in falling into their own you know natural way of whatever they're structured or like the whole like why aren't there women ceos it's like how many women are interested in being CEOs? Yeah. Right? It's like... Exactly. Is, and then you get these statistics that, like, speak like a conservative narrative. It's like, no, these aren't narratives. These are statistics. These are things that we have found that... And it's not It's not like you can be like, oh, it's conservative bias. Like, no. show me any fucking, like, Ben Shapiro-like character that's doing sociological studies. <laughs> tell, tell me. Anyone that's interested in that. It's like, no, they're all doing business and shit. Like, right. So... And like if you go back to like our our cavemen roots, yeah. like men men would not have accomplished anything had it not been for a woman. Oh no, dude! Like we would literally still be living in caves. Mm-hmm. People have man caves in their house. We'd we be would... so happy and dumb, <laughs> right? We just be like, uh, <laughs> just fucking sitting around, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> right? There'd be nothing. Pussy is power, man. It's like, dude, it but, makes the world go around. But it comes with respect, like. <clears throat> I don't think men would accomplish anything without women because we love them so much mm-hmm. that we just want to provide for them. Yeah. And that's not saying that they can't provide for themselves. That's just what we want to do mm-hmm. is show them our love. And the only way we can do that's with muscles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we can right. go, we can go build a skyscraper. Yeah. We look to, yeah. The, to the blonde. We'll take over like, our co- country for you. I made that. <laughs> yeah, we'll go take exactly. It goes, you know, we'll we'll go. Yeah, I'll bomb Syria if you want me to. Yeah, as long as I don't sleep on the couch tonight. Right, right. It's like, <laughs> yeah. So it's it's weird how our narratives today have turned into, you know, we one side is right and the other is wrong. It's like there's just like no right and wrong. No one, uh, no one can slow down enough to talk it out. But if you if you find the right person that's willing to just sit there and talk with you mm-hmm. you'll realize we everyone has more in common than they have different oh 100 percent, yeah we all naturally will get along mm-hmm. but we're listening to these people that want us not to well yeah cause, and also QAnon's really interesting when you look into it and you're just like this is hilarious like these people it's like scientology <laughs> it's like new scientology it's it's a bunch of assholes that decided to take take advantage of some old people that yeah. would just believe something that's the thing is i'm just like you know and when that's magnified, and then when, like, on the other side, it's some other crazy riot protest taking over parts of Seattle, and right. that's publicized. It's like, 
dude, these are these are like some nerds on the fringes of society just <laughs> fucking around, and it's like, except I guess there were attacks on the Capitol building because of this, and that's uh. just like. For what? Like, ask any of these people, why'd you do it? And they're like, it's time. Have you ever, like, Something stormed like a football field? No. You haven't? I had the chance, but when we beat South Carolina, and UK beat South Carolina off of, like, a game-winning touchdown, but I was in the band, so I was oh, in the band, too. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, well, I've stormed a football field before. Yeah. And I can guarantee you that when I walked in that stadium, I did not plan on storming the football field. Yeah. But everybody was doing it. Yeah. So, like, if you're in Washington, D.C. on January 6th, and and the whole crowd that you've been standing in for four hours Mm -hmm. just starts walking up into the Capitol building, you're just like, okay. (laughs) They invited us into the Capitol building. Look at that. You know, I'm walking in with my friends here. And then you hear a gunshot, and you're like, well, what the? I should probably get out of here. Right. And then people got killed though. Like, there was well, yeah, there was a, yeah. there was a handful of insane people. Yeah, that were doing it. That for a were reason. doing it for a reason. Right. They were just like, "Where's Mitch? Where's not Mitch McConnell? Where's, where's Mike? Pence? <laughs> where's that turtle right? man? <laughs> where's Mike Pence? I need to kiss him on the lips." <laughs> right. Like, just there are people in there with intent to do something. It's like yeah. that. That's kind of fucked up. That's like the same kind of like ideological possession that happened on the left. That like causes them to create chaz and oh my gosh it's It's like you fucking nerds don't know what you're doing it's terrible because people are dying yeah but it's hilarious uh it's just like because we don't need police yeah Uh, well who's gonna protect us i have a gun i have a gun too all right y'all are the police now (laughs) i thought you said you didn't need right shoot anybody with a camera (laughs) it's just it's just not well thought out no right on either side it's like when you get to that point it's like you're just not thinking you're just letting some other you're letting some narrative do the thinking for you right which is like ultimately gonna doom you to just looking like an idiot Mm because like you didn't do any of the thinking well you followed what they wanted you and they wanted you to look like an idiot yeah and who knows who this cue is it could just be some fucking troll (laughs) like (laughs) it could just be some dude right that's just like i'm just gonna BQ, I guess. The uh, the riddles were originally wrote for a six year old. I don't know how they got leaked onto this Reddit website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just I don't know, man. Like, I'm I'm I don't really find myself like super having very strong opinions on any of it all. Besides, like, right? That's silly. It's like I, I just keep up with it because I want to, but yeah. I'm not. People also, if if you need political advice stay out of politics like national yeah. politics should never dictate how you feel on a daily basis oh no it literally has it has so little effect on your daily life yeah that it almost doesn't matter yeah it's like if you want to get involved you know start something with your neighborhood association mm-hmm. start something with your your town your city yeah the first time ever the federal government i has ever had an impact on my life was the first stimulus check right that was like the first time anything that's ever been done by the government was like good or bad to me exactly that's it like, that, it's, it's like nothing cool. they do affects us directly right one second i gotta pee legitimately part of the reason why i wanted someone like you on here is because you have more right-leaning politics than oh yeah than me and like i don't know where i stand anymore is the thing is like i believe in certain things that have like a a left narrative yeah but like i also believe in things that have a right narrative it's like i don't think it should 
cost you fifty thousand dollars to like like get your broken leg healed right it's right (laughs) it's like that's the dumbest yeah whoever created the healthcare system it was it was was beyond stupid yeah and like i think most people have very rational points like i don't think school should be free right right like you should pay a little bit but it shouldn't fucking bankrupt you like it, it should be the same as it was for previous generations like why are we getting the shit in the stick in terms of education Right. You know, it's like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Well, so, uh, the brand Paul actually mm-hmm. is our Kentucky Senator. So go show your support for him. Um, <clears throat> he is trying to get a bill passed right now mm-hmm. that would allow for the entire United. This would apply to the entire United States where the funding for your student going mm-hmm. to school stays with that student rather than the school they go to. So if the, and I don't know how large the number is, but if your student basically receives $5,000 a year going to the school so that the public school can teach you, now your student has a $5,000 check at the beginning of every school year, and the parent can decide, I want them to go to private school. Well, you can Mm. give that five grand to that private school. Yeah. Or I want to homeschool them. Well, now you get that five grand for schooling supplies and communal education, whatever you want to. But they would still programs. be required to put be put in school. Right. No. Yeah. yeah. Education is necessary. Yeah. You would. You wouldn't be able to keep the check and and slack off as a parent. Right. Right. But it it allows more choice as to where they're getting yeah. schooling. Yeah. That's another thing. Is like, like school choice is one of those other like right-leaning narratives it's like if you let kids or if you let parents choose what school they go to it's going to be segregated and all that and it's like tis true right like the tis true but like i don't know that that means that you should you know like not be able to choose regardless right and i think it's gonna it's gonna be a shock to the system at first because you're gonna have a lot of people from the poor neighborhoods Mm mm-hmm be like oh well, hey dunbar is the best school in lexington let's send all my i'm gonna send my kids to dunbar yeah which good yeah Dunbar's a better school right let's figure that out yeah it's like... um but i think in the end it will equalize out to like lms is one of my least favorite schools all the students that i've had ride the bus out of lms were jerks mm-hmm all of the teachers that I've spoken to at LMS were jerks, which is probably why the kids are jerks. Right. Um, I mean, it's also location. It's not in the greatest place either. Eh. I don't, I don't know how much that plays into it, but I think yeah. you're right. Um, but, like, the fewer students that go there, the school's going to lose funding. They're going to shut down. Mm-hmm. Well, what's going to take its place? Another school with better leadership, mm-hmm. you know, a better mission. They're going to recruit students which is going to be interesting to see how that works yeah they're going to recruit students to go there and it's going to it's going to work itself out well ultimately though like what if the policy wasn't like more school choice but just like better funding for teachers in general because like a big proponent of school choice is that you have higher quality teachers because they're uh like understandably paid more because they're at a private school and it's like you know, I make as much as an inter- like an entering teacher. Mm-hmm. I work at Whole Foods. My job is not as important as a teacher. But like right. if teachers had like a, <clears throat> a respectable salary, 
and if schools are funded it's like the whole thing like oh so a school does poorly so you take money away from them right it's the same thing with the police like a police is doing bad things so you take money away from like right shouldn't you want to be fixing certain things by funding it more and by creating a, a place where like you know people feel as though their job actually means something rather than just being some pawn and some state scheme where you have to you just have to do it so as from the perspective of someone at a very low level mm-hmm. remind you um that has worked for the government i've worked for the school system in lexington yeah the government is the worst yeah at organizing anything our bureaucracy yeah any government I, but dude like bureaucracy that, gets in the way of, of yeah real solutions i'll always cite japan as my devil's advocate to everything yeah. in america that doesn't work right because everything in japan like that's like it, it, their government it works, works in a way and like they don't have the the same issues that we deal with in terms of like you know race and like integration and all this stuff so i think it's a lot smoother for them because they can just be like hey here's a test in middle school if you do well you go to a good school. If you do bad, you go to a bad school, right? And it's like, no mm-hmm. complaints. Just that's it. That's what you do. You can't do that here because then you get complaints of like, well, my son goes to a really shitty school. It's underfunded. That's like in a poor black community. It's like, of course, all the black kids are going to end up in a worse school than all the everyone. It's like going to create this gap. It's like, yes, yes, that is all true. That is all true. And that's an unfortunate obstacle we have to go through because that means that, you know, like we have to li- we have to lift everyone somehow. Well, we have the distinct benefit of being in America. Yeah. Whereas, and I say that by saying, I mean that I think if you give the people the opportunity, Mm -hmm. they will, I believe in people, I think they'll do the right thing. Yeah. Um, So if you... Where was I going with this? Rather than let the government decide which school needs more funding, mm-hmm. um, if you give people the choice of school, they're going to choose the better schools, yeah. which will make people pay their teachers more, which will, yeah. you know. <clears throat> our system has a way of leveling out. Right. Whereas if the government's in control of it, mm-hmm. it'll never level out yeah because they're just bad at efficiency and like schools seem like one of those things that if you were to run it like a business like that that you can't really monopolize that well because there's just right. like a, there's just a limit well there's yeah you can yeah, only have a limit two thousand students yeah like you it's so hard to get mm-hmm. larger than that that i don't think it will part of me is like we went to henry clay we went into jordan said this in our podcast this is like a perfect snapshot of what America's trying to be. Oh, yeah. Right? Because, like, dude, I, our school was so integrated. Like, like I didn't really think there was any issues of race at our school. Maybe I was just blind to it. I don't think there you was know, either. Like, but, like, it didn't... There was no tension between, like, white and black or Asian and Mexican. Like, there was nothing... It was just, like, everyone was just here, and mm-hmm. it didn't seem so complicated. Now, and, like... And that and that's great. I love the fact that you just went there and there's so many different kinds of people. Like you just got a taste of it all. And there's some schools, especially private schools. Last episode I had my friend Daniel on. He's Pakistani mm-hmm. and he went to Sayer. 
and it's like you know it's like yeah he went to a good school but he was like it was not a good time wow. that's for sure because he's like you know everyone else is white essentially yeah. and it's like it just wasn't they his parents wanted to go to a good school sure but uh like what does that mean like you get good you get fed education better it's like does that mean like your social area is better it's like what what does that actually what constitute better school mean? right because yeah. like if it means that everyone is the same like i i'm sure people feel that you know private schools are better it's like everyone's white here it's like if you're white you know i want to send my kid there because mm-hmm. they're everyone he'll fit in it's like but then when he gets out, in the, that's not the way the real world is. Yeah, it's, that's what I'm saying. Know. It's like, that's why I think private school kids are pussies. Like, I, like <laughs> you, you don't even know how to interact with people correctly. Right. Well, and, and that part of it is people think that the school system raises the kids, which is the biggest lie that anyone's ever believed. Sometimes parents does. parents raise the kids. Yeah. If the parents don't, then the school system does. But yeah. Since when has the government been efficient about anything yet? Um, <clears throat> bomb Syria recently. It's pretty ter- efi- it's pretty efficient at that. <laughs> pretty efficient at killing brown kids. It's terrible. They're yeah. inefficient at taking my money to do so, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like, they're like, actually, we need you to tell us how much you owe us, even though we know how much you owe. Right, but if, you, if get you get it wrong, it, you go to prison. Yeah, we're gonna put you in jail. <laughs> it's just like every you know there it just seems like yeah the government feels really inefficient and it's slowly it's low-key built like that Mm -hmm. it's low-key built so that like the tides of like the momentum of like certain ideas don't just catch wind and like change the country too quickly and like you know i think there's some insight into that like we were saying earlier about being grounded in tradition but still wanting to advance forward it's like we're very good at grounding ourselves in tradition Mm -hmm. And moving forward, it's like we've been pretty good, but like we fail to realize it has to keep happening. You know, it's like we say these things like, "Oh, civil rights happened; it's all done." It's like, right. it's like, well, that no, doesn't mean there's, there's still, no, this doesn't mean there's no problems. Still, there's still steps you have to take. Yeah, to be a better person. And there's actionable things that can be done. Like, personally, I think like the war on drugs is just the biggest waste of money in the world. It's like, oh yeah, if we stop that, like, do you know? that's like a really actionable thing we could stop or amend in some way where it's doesn't disproportionately affect certain people that would make everyone's life better because it's like we're not pouring money into it we're not creating Did oregon this... do it right by decriminalizing everything i guess we'll see i i have no idea yeah i i i don't want people doing heroin as much as i don't want the government telling me not to do heroin yeah like exactly it's right like... it's just like but like offering the services of rehab instead of jail i think is a good right is a good start because it's like uh the jail system here doesn't work that's for sure um unless they committed a crime okay yeah like, right if they committed a if violent they committed crime, a or crime on heroin right you send them to jail rehab <laughs> like, yeah yeah it's like you send them like, to jail first for committing a crime right but like people get sent to jail for having heroin right and that's and it's not like that's not good it's that's like, the war on drugs right criminalizing normal people yeah that's the government overreach yeah and it's like you know everyone wants their side to overreach in their way you know it's like they they want it's like you know people on the left want the government to overreach in what people are able to say Mm -hmm. right but the right want government overreach in terms of controlling women's bodies right right and it's just like either you want the government in your life or you don't right don't pick and choose 
I don't know. be right. Yeah, it's just I like I don't want the government. I just life. generally don't want the government to make these decisions for me. And being who I am and my certain identity, like that doesn't really. I'm not affected by the government's decisions. Mm-hmm. Other people are obviously like people who are targeted for drugs and stuff have a harder time just with national policy or women that are in states that like don't allow abortion or like don't allow reproductive rights. Like they just are, are affected by it. And it's like, mm-hmm. that sucks. Cause why, you know, cause we want the government to take a moral stand against these things. Fuck you and your morals. Like, you don't morals. Are you kidding me? Morals is what you're going to cite for your transgressions against like privacy. Well, it's, it's, and, it's, morals are an individual thing yeah it's it should never be i i should not impose my morals on you right but you should have your own morals yeah that you should have morals you should have them that doesn't mean they're law and they apply to everyone though yeah it's like as much like like abortion is one of those things like i don't no one wants that no one wants to have to go through that especially the people that have that feel that they have to do it it's like no one is just like oh, I can't wait to have an abortion this weekend. Like, no, that's not how this works. And like, we, it sh- you should have a little more empathy in regards to it, so that you don't have this like resentment against people that do it. Because like, it's a hard decision to make. Right. It's like it's like putting down your dog. <clears throat> you know, it's like you don't want to like kill this dog but like it's in pain and it's like you know you have to make these decisions that are not necessarily maybe they're not moral on the surface but like you just have to have some empathy about it and well i think it is moral i think you know as far as the animal thing goes Mm -hmm. is like if you you're obviously the one in control you get to choose if that animal dies right now yeah or suffers for the next is in pain yeah six months or, like, if you're birthing a child into a situation you know you're not going to handle, you're going to birth a child into misery for their whole life. It's like, right. and they, and, like, I get the, I get the argument that the chance of life means the chance of happiness well, and we need to salvation. reform the adoption centers. We need to reform. Yeah. We need to, we need to change a lot of things because my argument would be, you know, you can obviously give the child away. Mm-hmm. But... It's really hard I to do that. I also follow a belief system that God doesn't make mistakes. Yeah. And I think that if you stepped up and took responsibility, mm-hmm. your life would be much better. Would be better on the other end of it. Right. Like, no doubt. Right. But if you are in a situation where, <clears throat> you know, as soon as you give birth to that child, you know, something else bad is going to happen. Like, you mm-hmm. know that there's a child-eating lizard monster under your bed yeah don't bring the kid home yeah yeah <laughs> it's like, it's like there, there's know. instances where it's like you probably shouldn't have this kid like, right it's like you it, should probably make the decision for yourself yeah and you know what's another thing about that topic that's like really hard to talk about still is like the fact that stem cells are like the cure for everything yeah uh and that you know they come from you know probably the worst transgression you could do on a on an infantile life adults have stem cells too but they don't have totipotent stem cells. It's like we have, we have, we have uh, not pluripotent either. It's certain, something other potent. But like, you know, they, they differentiate into specific cells mm-hmm. that we have. And they are, they're limited in the way that they can differentiate. The difference between stem cells and our cells that are stem cells are that totipotent cells can turn into any cell you need right. at any point in time ever. 
Well, so if you have so like a torn labrum and you've been in physical therapy for 10 years and nothing helps it because it is just torn muscle, you throw some stem cells in that bitch, it, it's cured. Mm-hmm. Like takes your genetics and says, oh, this is how you like it. Okay, boom. <laughs> uh, like literally takes the blueprint, reads it, fixes it. And like, right. and that's it. That's incredible. Nothing else does that. that Science is so far to the point, And I have no, uh, you know more about that subject than I do. Yeah. I've, I know about stem cells. Right. But like the specific kinds, you definitely know more than me. Yeah. But I refuse to believe that science can't fix the problem. Right. And it's like, that's the thing. It's like, we will eventually get there, you know? Right. And th- th- it might require us to like study stem cells more to get there. But it's like, where are you going to get that? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, it's not necessarily ethical. The, the way that we, have you heard of, uh, Oh God, what was it? Like project seven thirty squad, seven thirty nine, some sort of Japanese squad during world war two that captured a bunch of Chinese people unit seven forty one, I think is what it's called. No. And they did a bunch of just the most fucked up experiments you right. could ever, ever imagine that, is somewhat a basis for a lot of things we understand about medicine mm-hmm. like how much electricity can a baby take before it dies it's like well Jesus. ask unit 741 like Jesus. like some of the worst shit you could ever imagine it's like if we kill a pregnant lady how long does it take for their fetus to die hmm. like, uh, yeah right I just, can't. just some of the shit that you're just like well this is knowledge we need does but the like ends, uh, do the ends justify the means how much how many lives have been saved since that knowledge has been acquired? Now, don't get me wrong. It was done from a completely uh, a place of complete hatred and evil. Right, right. Under, like, it wasn't was, done for the sake of right. knowledge. It was done. That was a that was an unfortunate consequence that we they, got any they, sort of good information out of they this. They were viewed as less than human, so they yeah. could justify doing this. Exactly. Thing. So, I mean, it, it it's it's wor- it's horrible. Right. Not acceptable. No. But there's information that came out of it that's like. I mean, what are we going to do? Not use that information because it was unethical. It's like it would be unethical not to use that information if it could save somebody. Have you ever right? watched the movie V for Vendetta? A long time ago, yeah. Okay. Well, not the premise long. of the the reason the whole movie is a thing is because the government was conducting tests on people that was completely insane and yeah, unethical. And in the end, the person they were committing these tests on, you know, gets vengeance and it's basically the ends justified the means for the government's sake cause, yeah. because they wanted to they were creating a bioweapon yeah. they were creating a virus that would that they could control and I don't think the ends justify the means if it compromises ethics I think we can either find the information another way yeah. if we have the information we'll use it because that's not on me well then the difference there is time then right right Cause like, the ends like you can't go out, set out, and be like, I'm gonna find the cure for cancer, and how am I gonna do that? Is I'm going to literally strangle like fifty thousand kids mm-hmm. until I figure out the answer. It's like no, you can't do that. Right. But if some long time ago somebody strangled fifty thousand kids and found the cure to cancer, be like, oh, and you have the cure to cancer, the cure to cancer, and you it'd be unethical not to use it, right? right. Even right. though it came from the worst place ever, but it's like it's no reason to do something, but. It's like not necessary. Like ethics is really weird because it's always on that scale of time, right? Because it's like it's the reason we have you know people that their sole responsibility is to study this stuff. Yeah, because it's important too. What is ethics? Yeah, Yeah. 
but and there's some level of human intuition that tells you what ethics is mm -hmm. and um i think confucius was asked something like if you could summarize humanity in one word what it would be and he's like there's nothing much i could really think of besides reciprocity and it's like mm. give and take you know if there's something if there's some leverage created if there's some if you do something bad against somebody like it kind of creates this gap right that right. needs to be filled and like how is that filled it's either by the difficult thing which is the person getting attacked is coming to peace with it and forgetting it letting it go and forgiving mm -hmm. that happens sometimes sure or that gap is filled by more vengeance which is more you know it's like and the reci reciprocity it's just like you know you feel it you feel it when it's like not you feel it when you play games with kids kids will just come up with games right and just have right. random rules for it and if you break the rules like they know right mm -hmm. they just feel it it's like hey you can't do that it's like why not it's like you just can't it's just like there's no explanation for it but there's an intuitive sense of like right and wrong not even just like a black and white right and wrong but just like a proportionality of like what's being put in versus what's being taken out yeah and um we 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 have that system in our mind somewhere right like and it feel and you can feel it at certain points where you're just like ah oh, this is not a good decision because of x y and z right and you know we that's the thing it's like when you analyze it too much it doesn't become uh, effective as a right as a tool of like you know reasoning it's like it's it, it like when you get so buddied when you try to focus on it. It's like when someone <clears throat> murders somebody and there's a trial about it. Mm -hmm. And this murder, you know, is like, well, I was born into this kind of house with this certain set of rules. Mom was this, dad was this, or absent, whatever. I was abused as a kid, this, that, and the other. You know, and this is why I became crazy and did this thing. It's like, you could even go further behind that. It's like, well, we live in a society that is overly capitalistic that promotes this idea of wealth. And I didn't have any money. So I did like, so you could blame society on why you killed something. Like you could logically, you could break it down so far, you go down to biology. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, we could talk about reciprocity. It's like, well, this person fucked my girlfriend. So I felt that that was like a, a justification enough to kill this person. Right. And because that's how I feel human intuition and biology works. Like, at some level, analyzing things is not effective because they're not, uh, it's not a useful tool of analysis when you can just trace everything back to mm -hmm. some common denominator. And because logically, when you get to that, you say you're alive, right? That's why. That's, that's why it happened. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, that's not, <laughs> that's not a good excuse for like robbing a bank. It's like, well, I was born. Uh, how True, could, though. Yeah. It's That's like, why you robbed that bank. Yeah, that is the reason. Mm -hmm. You're here, right? You must have... You. That brings up another good thing is, like, did they have any choice? Right. Was it free will? I mean... That, yeah, so... They when, did it. You know what I'm saying? It's like, studying ethics is important, but at some level, you study it too much and it becomes irrelevant. It's just right. like, it, it becomes useless because it's like, you could see... You get so lost. That, and that's how... That's what we. That's what we've gotten to at this point. I feel like the philosophical evolution of humans got to that point where it's like we were able to look back at everything and analyze it through such like a tiny lens mm -hmm. and realize that it all just didn't make sense. And now we're having trouble reconciling that because like the postmodern thought is that you know 
you can look at history through a lens of who was in power essentially right of what what dominant whatever hierarchy was there and how did that influence everything about everything and it's like part of that's useful to apply it to everything is completely bogus and that's the next step in philosophy it's like how are we going to reconcile with this uh, our ability to analyze things to the point of uselessness it's like we can break everything down to a point where it's just like yep actually it doesn't matter uh so how are we going to prevent ourselves from being nihilistic about everything from here on out right and that's that's really hard that's like that's just like one of those things where you got to just like let it go man (laughs) just let it go i don't know i think you can find the answer if you go deeper if you if you go one step deeper uh and think about your consciousness Mm -hmm. how (laughs) like yeah how in god's name did we even come into existence we are carbon based Mm -hmm. electricity jumps from one part of our brain to the other part yeah and that's why we're sitting here having a conversation it's impossible to recreate and then the only thing you're left with is well there was something that i can't understand yeah there was one thing that was so great that gave me this gift Mm -hmm. and then you say well you know god did it yeah yeah at some level it has to take on a more like spiritual yeah kind of because when you break through that uh kind of level of analysis it's like you kind of have to start branching out of out of logic and into mm-hmm. something greater that's more intuitive and like overarching than what we ourselves can interpret it through our conscious minds yeah and that brings up the the whole conscious versus unconscious mind like the psychoanalytic freudian jungian mm-hmm. type of like split between the consciousness that you know like the bible has a lot of a lot of like sayings and stories in there that means like like the story of cain and abel mm-hmm. right it's like unlike on the surface level when you analyze it it makes no sense because right. it's just like why didn't why, why was cain treated so badly you know? why did he kill yeah why did he kill his brother yeah what, it's what, like, what was going on yeah what's the context but like more like why why because cain really just tried to do everything his brother did right and god was just like mm-hmm. nah don't like it as much like why what a dick he's god right it's like no 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 no. you should realize this is an allegory for what happens in life right Mm -hmm. it's like you're gonna be cain at some point in your life yeah and you're gonna have resentment inside of you and the story of cain and abel is the is a story of exactly what not to do it's it's a warning it's like if you give in to this temptation to just kill of nihilistic thought yeah like you know beating yourself up and being like it's not fair it's all their fault there's nothing and and like you have every right to think that too in that situation like, sure. Cain is almost justified sure and what he did right to a certain degree but everything prior to killing your brother it's like you're justified in feeling that way because like what the fuck yeah right but <laughs> like, you still have to be better than that yeah exactly and that's the challenge is is will you be that person you right be better than Cain. and you have to be able to extrapolate that from the stories or else the the stories itself it's like 
some of it is loony. Yeah, that's the thing. If you read even... some of the Old Testament, right, and you're you're talking to a guy who was just like I grew up in church my whole life, and I was just recently saved. In December 9th of twenty eighteen is when I got baptized. Yeah, and I'm still learning a whole lot of stuff, but reading through some of the Old Testament is is absolutely insane. Yeah, because... Like, these guys were eating ayahuasca every day to right. write this Bible. I don't even know some <laughs> right. of that stuff. But if you if you can take that lesson away, mm-hmm. it's... Maybe it did happen, maybe it didn't. Maybe it's a story to teach me. But... That's my thing, dude. It's like, <clears throat> if you extrapolate these stories and don't take them so literally... Because, yeah. like, if you take it literally, either you're A, dumb as fuck, or B, <laughs> cynical as fuck. Like, neither of those things are good to be. You don't want to be dumb and just accept whatever's put in front of you. And you don't want to be cynical to the point where you miss the point. Yeah. You know, so, I, like... I want to... It. The Bible even starts off this way. It starts off with the most insane story of all. Yeah. That God spoke the earth into existence. Right. And it teaches you right off the bat that, which by the way, God did speak the earth into existence. Yeah. But it teaches you not to read so deep into it because it didn't happen in six days. It didn't happen in six 24-hour periods. Right. It happened over millions of years. Yeah. But God is above time, and He want He. You ought to know that if you have the capacity to think. Right. Six days to God is is millions of years to us. Right. Like who? What does that actually mean? Does He really mean six days? It's like probably not. So from the first story on. Yeah. You already know I can't take everything literally. That's the thing, man. It's like some people do, and that's the frustrating part. Is like, I feel like especially evangelical type Christians mm-hmm. just like please please just open your <laughs> mind a little bit right like don't be so rigid in thinking that this is exactly everything that and you need to follow this exactly because like it's not like you need mm-hmm. to extrapolate from this this is so much deeper than a book apply you know? it to yourself how how yeah. what what if you were that person in mm-hmm. the story what what would you what is your gut reaction not to what if do? like when you are that person in the story right how are you going to react well I'm, i don't think in my life i'm ever going to be thrown into a pit of lions right but that's like but literally the lions, no the lions are the yeah. allegory the pit is the allegory yeah i will at some point be tossed into a situation that i didn't that i can't prevent yeah and i will have to choose you know where does my faith lie Mm-hmm. What am I going to tell myself to stay alive? What am I yeah. going to give up and die? Right. Or am I going to keep keep going? Yeah. And that's the thing, man. It's like you have to take everything with a grain of salt and a grain of sugar, kind of. We right? keep playing footsie. Yeah, I know. It's all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and like I feel like these ancient texts, like the Bible and all these things, have a lot to offer that mm-hmm. you know, with our current understanding of science, is being cast away as just like nonsense it's like those people didn't have science so they're actually stupider and like didn't actually understand any of the world was like no 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 these people understood the world in a different way yeah that was just as effective that let them live for thousands of years they were still humans therefore if you believe that you have the ability to think critically yeah they had the ability to think critically yeah and thinking critically isn't 
uh, purely analytical or purely like in, intuitional. It's right. like it's like a mixture of the two. Exactly. And and that's really hard to teach, right? How do you teach someone how to think critically by being both logical and not logical at the same time? <laughs> right. What the fuck does that mean, right? It's like how are you supposed to? Uh, like okay, and you can't even teach that to, especially because I remember being in my phase where I was like. Mm-hmm blah religion's stupid it's all oh yeah massive everyone dies because religion it's like yeah a lot of that's true but also it's like if you don't have you you don't have some belief system Mm -hmm. you'll destroy yourself immediately yeah because you you are not reliable enough as an individual to create your own values Mm -hmm. and that's a hard thing man it's like we're all out here trying to or like many people that don't have like a religious upbringing are doing that themselves and massively failing because it's really hard right because like there's how are you supposed to conduct yourself? Uh, yeah. It's like, if you were to be purely analytical, purely scientific about it, you would make every selfish move you could all the time forever because that would gain you the most at whatever you're looking for. Right. And yet something about your human nature tells you, don't be shitty to people. Right. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, naturally, right. you're just like, no, that's a, that doesn't work. Why not? It just doesn't. Oh, well, well and sounds the, like a lot. The sound- Torah says it like, you know, uh, the Torah says, treat your, um, it says, join your neighbor. It doesn't say treat your neighbor like you are, want, want, you want to be treated. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the wording is a little different than the Bible, but it says, join your neighbor because you are of one. Yeah. And first of all, anybody that wants to learn religion, mm-hmm. that wants to find the truth that's within themselves, you should you should try all of them. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah, like I don't, I don't mean like fully adopt all of them because there's a lot of things with Islam that I majorly disagree with. Yeah, for sure. But the wording in the Torah is beautiful sometimes. Yeah, the wording in the Bible is confusing is, sometimes. Is it the Torah or the Quran that's not supposed to be translated? I think it's the Quran that's. I think not it's supposed the Quran that's not yeah. supposed to be translated. Where like you have to know Arabic or right. whatever it is to actually read that. Right. Which to me, I think that's like a great thing as well because there's certain ways you communicate ideas that are way different in cultures like right like one thing means something completely different well there's a different feeling that comes with and the only experience i have with the different translations is with the bible so that's the example i'm going to use yeah but like the original hebrew mm-hmm. there are words we just don't understand yeah yeah so if you're reading there's a different feeling between reading a paper bible mm-hmm. and like the bible app yeah. But I majorly love the fact that my Bible app, every, it seems like every line, yeah. there's a little window you can open. And it yeah. says, this is the Hebrew word that we didn't quite know right, right. how to translate. So here's like five tries. Yeah, yeah. Here's so what it could can, be. You can get the idea of what they originally intended. Yeah. Um, which you're missing a lot of times. People want to take words so literally. And it right. goes back to the, you can't you can't rely on language to convey yeah. a feeling right. or a responsibility for one way. And you can't rely on rationalization to like come up with the best answer for it all. Cause right. at some point it's like a, like it's like a philosophy that destroys itself mm-hmm. and that ultimately lends itself to nihilism where it's like, Oh, it actually doesn't matter because space and time and everything is and we're tiny. And like, or like, if you yeah, want to so. use it, if you wanted to use it cynically, mm-hmm. you can rationalize literally anything yeah the the yeah. process of rationalization can be used 
to create another Hitler. Right, because it's not necessarily based in any morality. Yeah. It's only based in necessity and, like, whatever is perceived as logically true at the point, mm -hmm. which is exactly what makes us different from robots, right? Is like, right. Is that we have this weird intuition that's built into us for millions of years <laughs> that, like, we just don't even really understand how it works, but we know it's there. It's the only reason we're scared of a robot uprising. Yeah, because we true. know that you can only program rationalization, mm -hmm. and if you do so, it will lead to a robot uprising. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> the robots will logically come to the conclusion that humans are the virus. Yeah, it's like not necessary. It's it, it. You can't create a robot that will flourish the way that humans do, because there's some part of us that knows... That's chaotic. Can't, that's chaotic enough yeah. that we can't yeah do we have to harness it yeah in a way it's like we're it's our responsibility to take the chaos like chaos of our minds and somehow make sense of it but like accept it at the same time mm -hmm. it's like it's like okay this doesn't make any sense i don't know why i feel this way but i accept it and like i'm not going to use it for bad but like i need to somehow fulfill it as well mm -hmm. so i it's just it's so cynical just to be like religion has nothing right because i'm like yo like you you should read some shit and you the should Bible. just go meditate yeah yeah you for... can find religion within yourself oh yeah like even people some people just want to throw the bible out because of what they thought it was mm -hmm. but the same people will tell you there is a god yeah i don't know how to describe him but there is a god because right. i've meditated on it speaking from their perspective they've meditated on it and there's no other way to explain it yeah it's, yeah it's you always end up there whatever god is because we always have we have this weird in idea that god just a guy right and it's like that's a good you know personification of i don't of, even think that he can physically manifest himself yeah for real it's just like, like a, i don't think you could touch him no god is more like if you want to talk it talk about it in like the like a Jungian perspective is like the collective unconscious mind. It's mm -hmm. like we all have this something that connects us as humans and it's underlying everybody regardless of what you like believe rational ration, rationally. Mm -hmm. It's there. Like Carl Jung noticed that you you go to any ancient society and you look at the stories that they tell and you can find the same stories in every society that never had any kind of contact with each other. Mm -hmm. They all there's always very similar symbols to everything there's a reason why people put things in stone right it's because what is stone it's permanent it's fucking there forever right. you put you etch it in stone it's done you see etchings in stone everywhere why it's like because everyone knew it's like this is permanent what does that mean who knows there's a lot we could extrapolate <laughs> out of that right but there's right. some like or like the idea of a hero is like the best one someone that like you know integrates their the 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 bad parts of themselves and creates and makes them whole right right after like they you know they like leave whatever comfort they have their parents or society whatever they go out on their own they fight their demons they beat them they not just beat them but integrate them yeah. and live with them so that when they come back to the collective they have something to offer that inspires others you see those stories everywhere you fucking anime it's like all <laughs> this kind right. of shit right like and a lot of societies have those same stories they've never seen each other these are like you know like like west africa to like you know people living in igloos right it's like they have they just understand it's like, the same thing it's the same thing it's like what does that mean 
right <laughs> what does that mean we that, are all mushrooms that, exactly <laughs> exactly there's some collective understanding we all have and it's just way too hard to explain but when we see symbols we just like know we just like see it we're like uh, yeah yeah that makes sense for some reason well y- you remember <clears throat> and and you know a lot of people have talked about this i love hearing about it so mm-hmm. i'd love to hear like what you think about it but the ability for certain chemicals to assist our brains in in that process in the process of feeling co- connected to the whole Mm. Like, never in my life have I laid on the ground sober mm-hmm. and felt the tree I was next to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you take a chemical mm-hmm. and you add it to your brain, you can literally feel the energy being drawn into the tree across the world. Yeah. Yeah. You know it's there. Mm-hmm. There's no tangible way to feel it, to have it, though. Or to find it scientifically, it's you, but you know it's the truth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. That's it's one of those things. It's like, like if you actually take like an analytical, scientific mind and, and keep going, keep going super hard at it, you mm-hmm. find those things. You find the exact structure of the chemical that makes you feel that, mm-hmm. and they now you all of a sudden have, oh, I understand why people feel connected. It's this exact chemical, right? It's because they are connected, and it's like. <laughs> uh, you know what are you gonna say to that because like that's it's like undeniable proof like dmt for example that mm-hmm. we all realize is in everyone's brain every living thing's brain and like you know it's like we you take something that logical and it's an undeniable fact that you're just like okay so now we have to take the rational approach and see like why is that and right and you, that's why we need both sides to analyze these things because like they both come to conclusions that are often correct just in different ways right but like that's no reason to deny anything because it was come up with this method versus that method it's like and that, that's the hardest thing to like communicate is that like we're just gonna find certain things in certain ways that you probably disagree with but whether you want to believe it or not there it's knowledge that's out there and mm-hmm. you just have to sorry I don't know so one of my favorite models mm-hmm. of you know the human experience it, it it can be exploded to the point of the universe mm-hmm. and my favorite model is the cyclical model yeah where you know life is death and death is life mm-hmm. um <clears throat> but so did you know the universe is expanding yeah okay so at what point does that stop? I don't know. I don't think it ever stops. Mm-hmm. But I do think that at some point, everything will decay. Mm-hmm. There, They have discovered reverse gravity. They've mm-hmm. discovered a repulsion force that causes, that caused the Big Bang. Mm-hmm. And it basically comes down to the chaos theory and string theory. Yeah. That... At some point, because it's possible, it will happen. Yeah, yeah. And I think that at some point, everything in the universe mm-hmm. will come colliding together so fast and so hard that it will create a dense ball. Hmm. And within this dense ball, there is everything that has existed and ever will exist. So anything can happen. 
And then it'll just explode again. And it'll explode again. Yeah. And we'll start over. Yeah. Same thing with, you know, our lives. Mm-hmm. At some point I'm going to die. I guarantee you on that dead corpse will be a mushroom. That mushroom is connected to the next dead guy next <laughs> yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. And then that mushroom, you know, poops out stuff that plants eat. Yeah. Plants get eaten by animals. Animals get eaten by the next guy that just just got born. Right. I am that guy that just got born. Yeah, like, yeah. Everything is so cool when you think of it in that model. Yeah. In like a cyclical way. Like everything is kind of going in a circle. Yeah. It's like a... It's like... It's like if you look at it two-dimensionally, it's like, yeah, it's just always going in a circle. It's a never-ending thing. But, like, the crazy thing about humans we can see in another dimension, like imagine a third dimension where it's actually spiraling upwards in a certain, and it has direction now. It's not just circular and just never-ending. It's like it has a direction. Who knows what a fourth dimension looks like, right? Well, we do know the fourth dimension is time. Yeah, and, like, that, that we can't even, like, there are very few people that can comprehend what the fourth dimension looks and feels like and in re- right. relative to us. And I, I can't do that. I'm not that smart, <laughs> but who knows, you know, we look at something one way, it seems like a circle in reality, it's a spiral and another reality. It's actually, you know, multidimensional and like yeah. going in so many directions we can't comprehend. So the fourth dimension is fun to think about when mm-hmm. you, you can think of it from two perspectives. You can think of it like a coordinate on a grid Whereas this single particle of air in front of me, Mm -hmm. you can hold that stationary and everything that will ever happen around this particle can be viewed at once. Mm -hmm. That is the fourth dimension. Okay. Through all time. Because you're looking through time. You can view it at this one thing. Or you can view it as the particle. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we know air is moving, right? Mm -hmm. Or you can view it from the particle's perspective. Of I can see everything this particle will ever become and has ever been mm-hmm. at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. So that a just... fourth dimensional being would be like the most insane creature. Yeah, you'd have to have the craziest brain to understand <laughs> any of that. Yeah, man. It's like there's just so much. I, I think about the thought of infinity and like, you know, how there's like a, a universe where everything exactly is happening exactly the same as what's happening right now except like the color of my shirt mm-hmm. right where it's all the same everything everything else in the universe is the same right and it's like you think about that logically it's like okay it could be the color of the shirt it could be a certain stitch in the shirt it could be a certain cell of a certain stitching in a shirt that's different it could be a certain quark that makes up that cell that's and it's like <laughs> and then you think about infinity you're like that happens an infinite amount of times so like it just folds on itself so much to where you're like is that just happening right now is am i ever am i at all am i is it all happening right now so i i I consistently fuck myself up on that thought (laughs) where it's like everything could be the same except that certain blade of grass is literally a nanometer smaller Mm -hmm. or a micrometer or like or the entire earth is one inch lower yeah in orbit (laughs) Uh, it's just so much that we actually can't wrap our minds around how big that is yeah and that's this kind of stuff that we're like if we take things to their logical conclusion it's just like it feels nihilistic it's like it's like (laughs) so why does it matter it's like well it just does well chaos theory kind of helps that because chaos theory is anything that can happen will happen Mm mm-hmm at some point yeah 
but I think that adds some speciality to us. Mm-hmm. I think that we are the chaotic universe. We are the string of chaos. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're the only universe because I love thinking about that. Yeah. The same thing you do. But I think we're special. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I. And it's like, even if we weren't, I would still think we were. Right. Right. Because yeah, that's. Because, you know, the other seven billion of me yeah. that are existing at the same point think they're special too. Yeah. Like, I, I, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, they can, they can fuck off. This is the real one. This is the right. real reality. This is the real universe. Yeah. And then. You know, you think about all that stuff and how chaotic everything is, but like, you know, yin and yang, right? Chaos mm-hmm. and order. It's like we somehow take that chaos and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. We take a tree that came out of nowhere and make it into a desk that has meaning. And, you know, like, not the tree doesn't have a meaning, but we've changed it. We've taken the chaotic nature of whatever's out there and controlled it to the point of where, boom, we have this. We have a shelf. I'm sorry. Printers. This wasn't one tree. Oh, really? This is press board. Whatever. See, this was a thousand trees. Well, there we go. This See? is the, this is the sawdust of every tree processed within a month. How much chaos? And they added was some processed. some horse meat that <laughs> is glue, and just stuck it together. Brilliant. It's and we just crazy. made order out of all of that, mm-hmm. right? So somehow, it seems like humans are the only ones that are able to do this. Is to take the chaotic world of nature and like set boundaries around it to make it make sense right it's like when you think about music it's like you could play any note over and over it's like we have 12 notes on a piano there's infinity notes between c and c sharp right uh, but we created something that we understand mathematically sounds good and within that we create within that we create even more parameters it's like we have 12 notes but like when you have certain notes playing you shouldn't play other notes so all this stuff well, when we, you have, yeah, it's, it's literally the sound waves are at such a frequency that it sounds better. Yeah. Crossing each other than when two other frequencies cross each other. Right. And, like, we have the ability to integrate all of that and make sense of it. Yeah. Which is, like, how uh, you take sound, <laughs> all of it, and you take 12 of them. Yeah. And then you take those 12, 12 and then you, you make them beautiful. Like, how how you know that that's insane how we can like organize the chaotic world around us into a functionable digestible and interesting unit well not even just an interesting when you play those sounds together Mm -hmm. the the non-tangible emotion that you put into playing those notes yeah immediately transfers to whoever hears it yeah not just interesting but meaningful meaningful yeah it tells a story in every possible way it is meaningful and you'll never be able to describe why it's like i can right. tell you notes overtone series the harmonics all this stuff all the music theory you want to yeah. want to forget you'll never forget mm-hmm. it all adds up to a feeling yeah or you know and the coolest thing is that story can be different for whoever listens to yeah it. right it's the same story but whatever it is it is objective and it's there on its pure essence of what however people interpret it is a different thing right but it's the only truth that we can all agree on is that it's there and it's happening 
what it means <laughs> who knows but like there's there are so few things that we can agree upon that exist it's like make like physical structures or like you know things that are created we can all agree that they exist until right? the cat goes into the box right <laughs> yeah yeah and then we're just like then beyond that it's how you interpret it what it means and then mm-hmm. then it kind of breaks down but the fact that we have things we can objectively agree on that are there concrete that's incredible that's making order out of chaos yeah and uh and that was chaos's plan all along yeah yeah low key it was like like chaos knew that chaos was chaos so it chaotically brought humans yeah right (laughs) chaotically wanted to be tamed because what's more chaotic it always everything always starts with the lizard people chaos started with the lizard people (laughs) and then it produced us right dude this espresso is killing me one sec um i don't know what we were talking about but we changed the student loans we did change the student loans i think we were talking about objectivity earlier oh yeah and um you know there's this thing going around and of course we live in a society that's getting increasingly more and more like I, I don't know how to put it. Like, things are starting to break down at a certain point. Yeah, that's what the media would have you believe. That's the thing, though, is that, like, for example, the whole, like, what is and isn't racist anymore kind of thing. Yeah. Like, there's that, that woman, you know, Coca Cola was in trouble recently for having that diversity training that that woman, Robert right. D'Angelo, made. Be less white. Yeah. And I've listened to her book three times, and I've, I've, every time i listen to it it confirms further that like, how, how white do you feel not i mean at the beginning of the book she's like if you're any person of color just like essentially like this is meant for white people and i'm just like okay and the the thing is that some things she gets absolutely right some things she's just like for example white people don't see themselves in terms of their race i'm just like that's a reasonable thing to say okay and that's a big difference between white people versus people of color in this country like i walk around i'm like i'm japanese but like i don't know that white people go around and be like i'm white right nope. you don't no nope. but black people do black people are like i'm black i have to know that i'm black mexicans are like i have to know i'm mexican in this area why does that um, does it benefit them by knowing that by um keeping that in their in their conscious so you listen to the to the podcast with brandon right yeah and he talked about the talk that he got before going to college right the you're black in america talk it's like you know if the police come up to you do this don't go to these areas don't wear your hood keep your hands out of your pockets all this stuff right does it benefit him to know that he has to do that because he's black well in my opinion i wish that didn't have to happen i wish he didn't have to have that talk because i think it's it's counterproductive to reinforce those ideas but how are you going to tell that to a parent that thinks they have to say that for their own safety because at some level for their safety they have to know these things right. disproportionately than a white person does so like is it helpful i i, I, don't, I don't think so well is I don't it necessary think, i don't think anybody mm-hmm. should wear a hood at night yeah walking around in right. a bad part of town right absolutely so i don't i i see where you're coming from but yeah. i don't see the race part of it that's the thing is, i think it, if you're it, gonna give that advice right that's great advice i think it's harder to see 
when you're not that race because like i didn't get that talk i I'm never sure, got i'm sure it is i was floored by every i ask every single black person that comes on this podcast do they have that talk and it's like unanimously yes wow i was like i never in my life have i been taught about my race and how i should conduct myself in society because of that right so that's like it's one of those things it's like you can't deny it right because like it happens and like whether it's nece- whether it's good or not it's happening because it's perceived as necessary and it's having an effect on people in a way mm-hmm. and you can't deny that effect because once again i don't i don't want my black friends to have to have that talk no, right me neither and i think it's better in some cases if you don't but not not everyone is in a place where they feel comfortable not telling their kid about that because when you're black especially growing up you know during like the big crime movement of like the 70s and 80s and all this stuff right like there's a lot of just generational kind of like cautiousness that other races have that that, yeah yeah i i hope that we can get past that because i do honestly feel like our generation is is done with is done with being racist I think we have our grandparents, some right. of our parents mm-hmm. that still have that because that's what they were taught. Right. But I, from my perspective as a small town kid in Lexington, right. I think that our younger generations are just not racist. You know, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up. I was listening to a conversation between this guy Coleman Hughes. He's like a part of this like intellectuals, like a bunch of black intellectuals are being very outspoken on these topics of critical race theory and stuff and they're like against it right this guy coleman hughes is very educated went to columbia um he's our age yeah um and he was talking to neil degrasse tyson about right after the george floyd thing happened Mm -hmm. and they had a really interesting conversation where neil degrasse tyson brings up the fact that it's like you know you were born in 1996 it's like you're not seeing or you haven't seen the things that I have right. that are much different than what we're experiencing. Because, like, in a lot of ways, our generation is a lot, like, way better. Right. Right? There's still problems. Sure. We're way, way, way better, though. And, like, from our perspective, the race thing, especially considering our upbringing, like, in a very integrated place. Right. Let's be real. Like, they're segregated in other ways, but, like, we got a taste of all we, kinds of everybody yeah. didn't no one got special treatment right because of their race like exactly we were we, we had friends of all colors and all yeah financial backgrounds and and everything yeah so it's harder for us to perceive those things which i think is good mm-hmm. because it's like maybe we should just be you know maybe this is this is the way it should continue to trend yeah but in a ways we've kind of like re-alerted ourselves to the problems of race which exist still for sure but they're being blown in a way where it's like it's like are these the problems that are act that actually matter and i was going to bring up this infographic with you that i got from equitable equitable and i mean you see this stuff in like the apa like the american psychological association yeah. and a lot of like respected institutions that are now saying stuff like what is this white supremacy sh- culture shows up in math classrooms when the focus is on getting the right answer the concept of mathematics being purely objective is unequivocally false and teaching it is even much less so 
Upholding the idea that there are always right and wrong answers perpetuate objectivity as well as fear of open conflict. And I'm just like, I don't know how math correlates to white supremacy. So if you if you are doing a math problem, yeah, and you get the wrong answer in school, what happens? That's what I'm saying. I'm like, what is this trying to say? Is this like? No, I, I'm, I'm like, like if you get the wrong answer in school, you get a bad grade. Yeah. I mean, you, you failed that problem. Right. If you get the wrong answer, and it's the exact same math problem, mm-hmm. and you get the wrong answer, but it turns out that math problem was the half-life deterioration of, you don't, of you know, uh, uranium. Yeah. And you are the head guy at a nuclear plant. Yeah. That matters. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, math is objective. Yeah. But I can't see how it would teach people that everything is objective. That's the thing. Because right after their math class, they go to their history class. Right. And they learn that humans are flawed and that we do everything differently all the time. Yeah. And they even teach you, like, if you don't know history, it'll repeat itself and you'll you'll fall victim to the same thing that happened to the other society exactly it's like there's there's certain things of objectivity we we have to agree on like right. saying that math is racist or white supremacist because it's ob, it, it relies on objectivity and mm-hmm. objectivity comes from the scientific method which is create, created by white people therefore <laughs> objectivity is racist i'm just like look, that's grasping that, so hard that's that's what we were talking about earlier we were saying when you can analyze something so much to the point where you can point right some like common denominator between all of it therefore it's all nil well it did fun fact yeah well not so fun fact but did you know that in california in the state of california mm-hmm. every single person that was diagnosed with cancer um had been breathing air prior to their diagnosis <laughs> right yeah. therefore air yeah. causes cancer yeah it's like this kind of far overreach of like i i think this kind of like thinking process is necessary for something like you said like history right yeah. like because history books to teach that as purely objective is false right right because like let's be real his, history is written by the victors of whatever the time is like there's a comedian a black comedian that says something was like you know I, I learned something in school it was that uh white people invented everything but peanut butter <laughs> I saw that. Right? Saw it's like, that. that is so true. It's like, that is literally, it's like, oh, and black people invented peanut butter. And since Drew learned, it's like, you're going to just like throw away everything else black people ever invented and just sum it up in peanut butter. It's like, yeah. that's not, it, it that, that is subjective. Black people invented humans, by the way. Black people invented humans. Black people invent, <laughs> continue to invent culture. We were all black when exactly. we started. And like, it, Right. The only reason white people exist is because they, they moved to an environment that was bad. black. Very black people little, went somewhere and said, "Shit, it's cold." <laughs> very little sunlight. Yeah. And their skin needed to develop a way to absorb more vitamin D on the few days that it was sunny. Yeah. That's the only reason. Right. And like, there are certain things that shouldn't be treated as purely objective, and history is definitely one of those things. Yeah. But like math. Come on, like, this is what it ha- I... If it's not, then it's not math. The, the, the argument I see that black people, that the, like, certain black people that I've 
you know, started to listen to and like interpret what they're saying and commentating on what's happening right now is that like it's like this weird infantilization of black people saying that it's like we can't we can't expect them that to is my do things biggest issue right i'm just anything. like look if you're gonna lower the bar for people because of their skin color i was like that is more malevolent than you think it That's is more racist than than thinking that you know uh, that i don't know that's pure racism there's no other there's no other form you think that they are so incapable of taking care of themselves mm -hmm. you think that you are so much better than them right that you have to take care of them yeah they they are probably smarter than you that's the thing is like they a lot take of these care of themselves that's what these you know like intellectual black people are saying it's like look I, this doesn't help any black kid to be like oh you're black so we're gonna you right. know like cater to you so that it is a more equitable outcome it's like you're, you're not you're not helping anybody right by by changing the standards for certain groups of people and now it's not to say that like there's there aren't, aren't reasons why certain groups of people struggle with certain subjects but that's like beyond their skin color it's right. something it's something else that's like it's a hey their their dad was absent to teach them or that's yeah it. they didn't it's, have the resources to actually learn well or their whatever. mother didn't love them yeah like there are more reasons than skin color yeah and that's where it's like I, reducing everything to race gets to this logical conclusion where you're saying it's like oh certain people are actually better than other people right and it's like i the problem of racism is so much more deeper and difficult to solve than that yeah right it's not just we should tear it down and make it equal it's like i'm sorry that's not going to cure it like yeah. as much as you think that being that this brand of fairness is going to fix everything it, it i'm sorry but it's not that's not how that's going to work because you're going to alienate people in many ways especially the people you're trying to help the most yeah now well, and it, it gets so complicated because it's like oh you're un you're unempathetic if you think that's like no it's just that you have to recognize the problem is deeper than uh, white people bad. My thought process has been every single person I encounter is a genius until proven otherwise. Yeah. It's just it's just same as our, our legal system. Yeah. You're innocent until proven guilty. Right. Everyone in my eyes is a genius until proven otherwise. Until you do something stupid. I'm yeah. like, that's stupid. Like, now you can cite reasons why you did that and why that happens to certain people more. And like, there's there's a fair analysis there, but that doesn't mean that the problem is skin color. Right. The problem is something else. Maybe it's overarching. Like that's why. So there's two of these critical race scholars that I've been kind of studying. Mm -hmm. One is that crazy lady Robin D'Angelo. Of course. And she offers this really tilted way of viewing it that people of color can't have can't be racist because they don't hold power as in like political or whatever economic power right and there's another critical race theorist named ibram kendi who wrote this book how to be an anti-racist mm -hmm. who refutes that point by saying that if you don't think that black people if you think that black people can't be racist because they don't have power and also at the same time propose that the system that we live in will never grant black people power mm -hmm. therefore black people are not racist means that 
you are taking the power away from them to ever mobilize in any sort of way, meaning that they're always powerless. Right. And it's like, <clears throat> so that that's like a big discrepancy between these two people that perpetuate the same idea. Yeah. And what's interesting is Robin D'Angelo's white and saying this, and Ibram Kennedy is black, mm -hmm. saying that black people can be racist. Robin's saying that black people can't be racist. And it's like... Well, I mean, anybody that judges someone else based on the color of their skin, in my eyes, is a racist. Yeah, right. It's just like, if you have these preconceived notions about people, it's like, it's not fair. Mm -hmm. It's just not. And, and we should I understand... I don't have an innate, you know, starting level of prejudice because of my skin color. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I might have a prejudice because of how I was raised, but like me personally, we went to an awesome high school where that never mattered. Yeah. And it's or at so least it didn't seem that way, which is, which is the which is a blind spot right which is something it's like jordan brought this up he's like yeah we went to a school it's my mind it's not yours yeah um he's like we went to a school we were really integrated everything is like a microcosm of what america wants to be but like he was like you went to school with black kids that had guns in their back backpacks every day because they had to and i was like shit like you're right why did they have to because they get you know get dropped off on the bus and they're in this neighborhood and they're like protecting themselves whatever whatever it might be that we just didn't notice right. right whatever condition that was there that we just didn't notice existed but we got this kind of perception of it that says like oh listen, we're integrated like we're cool we're cool it's like but we didn't realize a certain kind of struggles that certain people might have gone through even though like school was a safe spot for everyone sure kind of like like people came to school especially people that were more impoverished or felt like they were in a dangerous area they came to school and they felt safe mm -hmm. but like that was for eight hours a day so i i i don't like always bringing it back to this but why is that neighborhood bad why is, right why is that neighborhood more dangerous than the neighborhood I grew yeah in? and that's the thing it's like it could we could point to a lot of things well right? i, I want to point it at the government yeah the government program right. allowed for Section 8 housing, and the Section 8 housing is more granted mm -hmm. to people based on skin color. Yeah. So you have more people of the same skin color together, and they're all living there for free, so they're spending money on whatever they want to. They're, you know, whatever's happening is happening because of this program. Right. So they don't move on. That, yeah, that, that when, definitely plays a part, for sure. When you give someone... When you tell someone, I'm going to give you $30,000 a year for the rest of your life mm -hmm. until you make over $30,000 yeah. for yourself, they are not incentivized to ever make over $30,000 for themselves. Yeah. So, and I, I've even... I've fallen into this myself because with my job, we have a season during the year where we get laid off. Mm -hmm. So the company tells us we should go on unemployment because the company pays into the unemployment program. Yeah. So my company paid for me to have this ability. But while I've been laid off, 
I'm completely discouraged to go get a, a side job. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as I make income from that side job, I actually make less money. Yeah, yeah, you lose. I lose or it's unemployment like, benefits. Or it's like, especially that like really insidious ramp between like uh, like $20,000 a year to like 30 to 40 to 50, mm-hmm. right? It's like if you make $20,000 a year, you can still get food stamps right. or something like that. But you make $30,000 a year, you can't get food stamps anymore. And actually now you're making less money than before when you because had food. Because now you have to buy right. food. Yeah. yeah, and it's like... And it's the same thing. It's it, it applies to every step because our tax bracket is stepped. Yeah. So there are people that spend a lot of effort in their jobs to make sure they don't make over a hundred or it's two hundred and forty nine thousand dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. Because if they make two hundred forty nine thousand dollars a year, all of a sudden their taxes jump. Yeah. From thirty five percent to forty two percent. Yeah. Or that's why they'll, you know, instead take that money and put it in their 401k. Yeah. Because that's not taxable not money. And then, and like, that's another, you know, it's like another thing. It's like, well, if you're rich enough to do that, then like, great. But like. Well, it's the same. It still applies to us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, oh, we could do that. I could put $10,000 in my 401k every year, be right. in the lowest tax bracket, pay no taxes at all. Exactly. But is that beneficial to me right now? No. No, it's not because like, twenty thousand dollars a year is hardly enough to live on anyway. Exactly. So it's like so it, it, the programs aren't helping you. Yeah. Because you no longer want to fight for yourself because right. It'll be harder on you when you move up. Yeah. So, all of the all of the people that are in these neighborhoods together have the same problem, and and then we can talk about you know whatever why they're dangerous. Right. Because you know people see this bad neighborhood and now they want to mm-hmm. take advantage of it drugs crime whatever else gets in yeah but if you would just allow people to fight for their own success yeah i think you would you would within a generation pull everyone out of there yeah i i think there there's a lot of economic ways to mitigate that and i think Ultimately, that's going to have to be a part of the solution for this. Right. But there's another big part that we have to address, and that's the resentment in the black community towards the society in general. Right. Because that's that's where the real kind of, like, difficulty is. Because like, we can offer these solutions. Because they feel the oppression, mm-hmm. so they're mad at the oppression. Exactly. All we have to do is point to the real mm-hmm. guilty part. And the thing is, like, they're not entirely, they're, they're not unjustified in thinking this. No, because like, I, I don't think so right? at all. And I'd like, be pissed. Exactly, right? It's like at some level, you're like, wow, redlining happened. That yeah. was literally intended to exclude black people from ha- generating generational wealth it's through property. Yeah. yeah, and like, there's so many things like that that have just like come but up. But that was only one generation ago. Exactly. Like, it doesn't exist now. Right. But it was so... But the effects of it are still there. Yeah, it was such a short time ago that we are Mm. currently fighting it. And I think people need to see... People need to realize that we're in the middle of it and say, okay, I'm going to start. Yeah. I'm going to start my family's legacy. It takes takes a tremendous amount of sacrifice. Yeah. And um, to, like, make the rest of it go forward. And that's just, like, we live in an individualistic society. Who's going to make that sacrifice? Right. It's not within our nature, societal nature, to be like, I'm doing this 
for someone else. It's like, and it needs to be, because that's the only way we're gonna see this yeah. wealth be built. And realistically, there's all those statistics like before civil rights, where you know black people were trending upwards economically. Mm-hmm. They were having their own little, um, not own little, but like there were there were pockets of black like entrepreneurship of um well i think you can say it because it was the policy at the time yeah we need to stop whitewashing history i mean right it was there were pockets of black people that were segregated from everybody else they had their own revolution yeah and they did it within their community yeah but that's not the way it was that's not the way it's supposed to be they're supposed to be as equal as you and i yeah and they are now. Right. However, my father sacrificed mm-hmm. and built a life for me to be born into. Yeah. So I'm starting above. I'm starting one level up. Yeah. Right. Because you know, my grandpa was way into poverty. Yeah. Like, like worse than anybody's seen. Right. So I'm I'm on level one. Yeah. But does that mean that I have to start from level zero for? someone else for it to, to feel like it's fair yeah exactly and that that that's the that's the kind of like tit for tat mentality that tears everything down because that's equity yeah that's not equality right and the whole it's like the the equality of opportunity versus the equality of outcome yeah debates like we want equality of opportunity 100 mm-hmm. percent. we want to maximize that to the absolute most pure form we can equality of outcome though it's like it's a brave new world. Yeah, that's it's that, a it's a world where I would have all of my money stripped away until I live in poverty, so that I can climb out of it with the guy next to me. Yeah. However, yeah. I don't have to because of equality of opportunity. Mm-hmm. Someone in my family did it for me. Yeah. So that I can climb from level one because I don't want my kids to start on level one. I want my kids to start on level two. Yeah right right you want to set your yeah next generation up and i think my a big hypothesis of mine of like privilege is like if you get to choose your struggle you are privileged right essentially if you are able to, if you're starting at a point where it's like okay there's nothing like inhibiting me in a way whether it's disease or societal whatever and you get to choose exactly what because we all need struggle right mm-hmm. we all need something to take on to put us in a place where we have to work hard to get out of it or to realize ourselves in some way we need mm-hmm. some sort of struggle some people don't get to choose what struggle they do some people are thrown into a struggle that's inherently unfair and it's way harder to dig out of who, than who gets to choose give me an example of someone that chooses their struggle uh for example i got to choose to go to school and take on a certain coursework or career path i wanted to okay and that had nothing well okay so my barrier in that was my family's expectation sure so but i uh got enough money to go to school do what i want um i got to choose that struggle on my own i wanted to choose the struggle of learning the saxophone music that was my tr- struggle that I chose. And I went through it, and it was good, and it was healthy. And now okay. I get to choose a new struggle. Whereas some people are born into your struggle is you're fucking hungry seven days a week. Right. What are you gonna do about it? It's like, yeah. What are you gonna tell a five year old to do about that? Right. I never had to struggle with hunger. I was never hungry or thirsty. That wasn't a struggle I had to 
right. be a part of. But some people don't choose that. Some people have that inherently. That's just another barrier to overcome before you get to choose what struggle you want to be successful at. And it makes it way harder, too, when you're born into some place where you feel like they don't give a fuck and they're just like, figure it out. It's like, on some level, yes, figure it out. On another level, though, that completely lacks empathy in their situation. Right. Where it's like, yeah, figure it out, but fuck, dude. Like, that's way harder to figure out than someone else's path who's the son of a hedge fund elite. Right, right. Right? So it's like... But they're never... The hedge fund elite, the thing that I can sleep well at night thinking about them is they're never going to have more success... Like, they yeah. might have been born on level 30. Yeah. But they're never going to get to 31 unless they struggle. Yeah. Like yeah. That, I, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, That's my, a... my dad was in that situation that you just described. Yeah. You know, he 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 would fight for food. <laughs> exactly, and, right? You know, and one of the things that he did is he got to an age where he could start like he did he stole food he begged for food he did whatever he had to yeah and he was cold all the time because he lived in michigan for god's sake why (laughs) but um you know at at some point he was able to start a job yeah and at that point he started his journey he joined the military he had you know a living situation he made money he made decisions that and every day was a struggle i mean from his young life all the way up yeah and he didn't choose his struggle right but he did it but did it and got if out he, of it he, if right. he had given into it mm-hmm. yeah i'd be starting there yeah exactly so i i think whether you choose your struggle or not you, everybody's got a struggle Right, but I'm saying that like there are certain struggles that people get to choose, and some people that don't. And like, right. like once again, and it, that's what makes it even more impressive when people make it out of the unfair struggles that are presented in front of them, like the neighborhood they grew up in. Yeah, like when you when you like, even though it's like a really taboo narrative, it's like oh, hood kid, uh, hoops really well, gets out of the hood, sure, raises. It's like it's taboo, but it's like. That is so incredible considering the upbringing that was around them and that you were able to just lift yourself out of poverty and lift others out of poverty because of your hard work and work ethic. But, like, not everyone has that. Right. Most people don't. 90% of people don't have that drive and willpower to get out of something, especially because, like, the amount of you have to work is proportional to how unfair your situation is. Mm-hmm. Your situation's internally unfair, eternally unfair, it's really hard to get out of that. Right. That's why when they do, we're like, holy fuck. But like <laughs> to turn around and be like, see, LeBron James did it. Why can't you do it? It's like this because this motherfucker is not LeBron James, right? Well, that comes down to we should be, we should be human about it. Mm-hmm. It's it, We can't think, I, you know, we just talked about it in a very logical way, like cause and effect and, and where you're starting versus, you know, we are lucky we did get to choose like hey i want to go to the next level so i'm going to go to school yeah that's going to be my struggle right um but we should not forget that we're human and we yeah. should turn around and offer our hand to the guy right 
that's the that's the i think that's the the point that many people on like the super right don't get is that they feel like oh somebody did it you can too right it's like while that is true right that totally misses the point of being a human right right it's like it's like yes yes you are right somebody did it you can do it absolutely uh that doesn't give you a right to like politicize that talking point and mm-hmm. make other people feel bad about it right because right? that's not helping anybody that doesn't help anybody that doesn't even help you where you're yeah. at. like you're just talking down to some guy yeah and w- when you really don't understand what the struggle is like mm-hmm. a lot of these people that make way too much money off of everyone's collective taxes it's like <laughs> it's like the most vomit inducing thought to think that i pay mitch mcconnell you know it's just oh like, yeah turtle man i'm just like dude i wish well you know politics was supposed to be an unpaid volunteer position it honestly like we complain that it's a bunch of old people but like in my in my perfect world politics is run by old people that weren't in politics for their whole life that was in the founders ideal right the founders you know the politics should be run by the wise Mm -hmm. that have set up wealth for themselves that you know can can have the time out of their day Mm -hmm. to be active and help the next guy yeah and instead we pay you know (laughs) everybody wants to praise there's this kid that just got elected to the senate that's 25 which is the minimum age Hmm. um that scares me absolutely this kid's gonna have he's gonna be in politics his entire life that dude just catapulted himself to the one percent of america yeah because lo and behold the entry point to the one percent of america is an annual salary of a senator about four hundred thousand dollars a year right and like which is like kind of surprising right you thought the one percent would be like oh you're making millions like no 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 it's four hundred thousand dollars a year which tells you how big the gap between one percent and point one percent is because point one percent is like millions so that one percent has more wealth you know it's like an exponential curve it's just like yeah you get to 10 20 30 40 all the way up to the one percent just like the difference is just like yeah. so much and to have someone just like put there at a young age without really understanding like you know how does a business work or like how does science work or like how do these things work not politically but like actually right because politics is kind of like a it's just kind of made up yeah right it's like we think this would work it's not real and it's like yeah i i hate the fact that we have a bunch of old white dudes not just because they're old white dudes because they're old white dudes that have been there for like 30 40 years our president's been in there for 40 some odd years that have yeah like he's been a senator since like the 70s right it's like i don't trust anybody that all they've done their whole life is politics like Mm -hmm. i don't think you have any insight into what the real world is grasp of reality yeah it's but like I'll give you a, a crazy thought too. If you make more, you know, the poverty line in America is like twenty percent. You qualify for everything, or two hundred twenty thousand dollars. Sorry, mm-hmm. you qualify for all the assistance. Yeah. Um, if you make twenty eight thousand mm-hmm. dollars, you are the one percent of the world. Of the world. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like yeah, your lifestyle and because if you make twenty eight thousand dollars, you're on a budget. Money is tight, but you can. But you get have out. an iPhone. Yeah, 
You, you have running water. You can get out of it, yeah. <laughs> like, you can invest in GameStop. Exactly. <laughs> right. Amen, dude. Yeah, screw those guys. Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, there is, like, an entry point to where you can... When I started working for $15 an hour, that's when I felt like, wow, like, I just stepped on square one. Yep. Like, finally, because making $10 an hour uh, in the red every single month. Yeah. Like, constantly, just like, I, I can't keep doing this. Like, yeah. I actually can't pay for myself right now. Let I don't alone. Think, I don't think adults should be. I, I don't think the minimum wage should be raised. Mm-hmm. But I don't think adults should work minimum wage jobs. Yeah. Because right. I made $9 an hour in high school. Mm-hmm. And that was enough. Yeah. It was enough for me to You're learn money skills and yeah, yeah. trouble a little bit. Right. But to, to raise a family on yeah. $9 an hour? Are Not you even. kidding me? Yeah. 0% chance. I could barely afford gas. Dude, especially when we were driving at first gas was like five dollars a gallon bro right, i right. i worked a job to pay the gas and insurance to for the car that I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I literally yeah. did that and had like fifteen dollars to my name after every paycheck yeah you get tacos once every two weeks right yeah. i would just i would just get some candy and watch free movies that was my thing I was right. like, this is how this is all i can do right now right. but you had a blast yeah that was my thing like i i you don't need to complicate things but you need to like appreciate the small things yeah you don't need a boat right to go have fun which i hope to god someday i buy a boat yeah fun, i yeah. want a yacht yeah <laughs> like, right? i want to i, I want to go to monaco and watch the f1 grand prix from the front deck of my yacht yeah that right. is my dream right but you know, right now i could go afford a boat I don't want to. No. Because I'm saving that money for the next thing. I'm investing. I'm compound interest. Exactly. I'm <laughs> right. trying to. I'm trying to get up to the higher level, and people need. We need to teach. It's like finance. you're trying to get a boat and have the money to furnish it. Right. Right. Yeah. And have the money to uh, put away because you don't want to worry about it. Well, I'll scare you. I've been yacht shopping. Yeah. Um, my yacht's gonna cost six million dollars. Nice. Um, so, hey, set your um, aims high. And they typically cost about, uh, typically fifteen percent of the total purchase price a year in maintenance and upkeep. Oh shit! So a six million dollar yacht, you know that's six nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. A year in, and and that includes a crew. Yeah. You know to clean it and drive it and fuel it and right. fix it yeah um but yeah like i'm not gonna get there if i finance a bass boat right now yeah you know that uh, the wage thing kind of reminds me because the fact that some corporations will still pay you 725 an hour to work Mm -hmm. like disney does that like their interns make 725 an hour and it's like who are their interns though it's like college people that are, you know, doing summer work projects or yeah. whatever that want eventually. I, I don't know. But it's like, uh, I just, there, for example, when the Ford Model T came out, mm-hmm. right? This is like the 20s. Yeah. Right? So they but realized. The Model A was 20s. Mo- no, Model T was 20s. Model A was 40s. Yeah. So they started making all these Model Ts, and they were cheap so people could buy them. Yeah. And then, you know, the workers were making a certain wage, and then the whole company was making so much money, they were just like, 
well, if we pay our if we pay our workers more, they'll be able to buy Model Ts. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, well, let's raise their wages then. They have more money. They can that kind of comes car. back to us. That's interesting. Raise their wages. Now other places are like, oh, shit, everyone's going to go work for Ford now. And it's like, that's not cool. we got to raise our wages. And what does that do? That's like, well, A, it gets people to work for you mm-hmm. and puts money into people's pockets to buy the things that you're creating. Right. And sets a standard for other corporations to pay their to create more economics one on one. And it's just like, why hasn't that continued? Why haven't we been like? Why have we decided that two thousand seven seven twenty five was like it? It's like because the government was in charge of it. Yeah, I mean, if you if you say this is the lowest you can pay an employee, then that's the lowest you'll pay an employee. True, true. But if you say, hey, I'm hiring a position and I'm going to pay you $8 an hour, but the, the store next door pays you $10 an hour, mm-hmm. and you're like, I need employees, what do I do? You yeah. better raise your wage. What's stopping like businesses from corroborating and just being like, no, we're all just going to pay this wage? And it's like, People will start their own businesses. <laughs> With what money, though? You don't need money to start a business. That's I mean, true, yeah. I started working when I was 12 years old with a rake and a bicycle. Yeah. I mean, that comes back to if you don't oppress people, they are creative enough and they're mm-hmm. reliable. They're de- self-reliant enough; they'll figure it out. Yeah, and that—that's the thing, man. It's like I feel like it's like when, like you said, when uh, when the government will pay you thirty thousand dollars a year, you're not incentivized to do that yeah. anymore. But what you sh- what should you do? Regardless of that, you should work harder. You should get out of your, get yourself out of that situation, so you don't have to re- rely on the government. So you can eventually make more money, right? Mm-hmm. So why don't corporations take that same idea? It's like, oh, the federal minimum wage is seven twenty-five, and they can be like, well, all right, we're just paying seven twenty-five. Boom, that's it. Or what's stopping them from being like, uh, that is with the limit, but like, what if we're just like, fuck that, and we're just gonna pay them more, and eventually that's gonna like. Kind of like circulate into a more better economy. That's I think like, it does happen. Yeah, like, we don't make seven twenty-five. That's true. Yeah. So our demand, our demand for a better lifestyle, caused us to leave that company. Yeah. So. It's I mean, true. Yeah, and but that's the thing though. Like places will still get away paying nine dollars an hour. Yeah, and they'll get away with it for as long as people see themselves as worth only that much. But like. What 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 are you gonna do if there's no other option? If all you have in your town is like fast food places to work at, you're not looking hard enough. I I don't know. Or, I don't. That's from that's coming from me. Yeah. I know that that's not the case everywhere. But, right. Not everywhere, but but like there's a reason why people s- work these jobs. Though we started off on the skills thing. Mm-hmm. If you're willing to learn a skill, you are more valuable. You mm-hmm. feel more valuable. Yeah. So you'll demand more compensation. Yeah. Uh, actually, let me pull out a poem. Because I don't I don't know if it's in my photos or where it is. Nice. Shh. Thanks. I meant to silence my phone. I'll kind of give you a gist until I can find it but the poem goes um, I asked for life a wage and 
whatever. I don't know. Yeah, it's just a really hard problem to... Because we want economic solutions, but it's like just really hard to make those work. I bargained with life for a penny, and life would pay no more. However, I begged at evening when I counted my scanty store. For life is, a ju is just an employer, he gives you what you ask. But once you have set the wages, you must bear the task. I worked for a menial's hire, only to learn dismayed, that any wage I had asked of life, life would have paid. Hmm. So, like, it, it all comes down to your self-image. Yeah. If you know that you're worth $50 an hour, mm -hmm. then you will find a job that will pay you $50 an hour. Yeah. And if you think that you're only worth working at fast food for the rest of your life, you'll only work at fast food the rest of your life. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, yeah, that comes down to like a moral decision at that point as to how you see yourself. And yeah, it, it's it's always that that's the yin and yang of everything right mm -hmm. it's like that is that is true so is the fact that there's you know oppressive and predatory companies that want to exploit your labor absolutely and that they absolutely want you to feel like you're not worth more than 725 an hour and you know to me it's like like i was telling you earlier how whole foods penny pinched all this stuff even during a pandemic when right. i've checked the sales we're doing literally triple what we did. We're like during the pandemic, sales were like triple than they were the last year. Yeah, you can always just look at the the stock. Yeah, the trademark. Exactly. Like, and you're like, your stock is is doubled. And, and you just said that you know in these hard times we're gonna have to do this and this and this, and you yeah. lied through your teeth. And that's the thing is like, knowing that. And then seeing this corporation take more money away from their employers mm -hmm. is extremely disheartening because it's like uh, that's what they view us as, right? Right? Is like just commodities, just cogs in a machine that could be replaced at any point. Which, like, yeah, that's a corporation. That's what happens. But also at the same time, especially in Whole Foods' case, you're pushing this idea that you're like a holistic, you know, for the sure. employees and stuff. It's like they do have a better wage than other people for sure, thanks to Amazon that's great uh it's just not proportional it's it doesn't make sense to take some of that away especially like like for example we're hiring a bunch of part-time people on mm -hmm. like i don't know that we're hiring any full-time positions but we'll we'll make room for part-time positions because you don't have to pay health insurance for them hmm. and it's like that's a little fucked up right it's like you're just saying it's like because we have we have a new part-time position open in our department when there's a couple of part-timers already that it would help them out a lot if they got a full-time mm -hmm. position there. Like it would help their situation a lot. Right. But Whole Foods is like, mm, that would cost too much. Sorry. Bye. We're not going to give you a full, we're just going to hire someone else part-time. Right. And probably we're just going to keep doing that um, until a full-time person quits. And then we'll like, you know, fill that. Cause but, we're already paying their health yeah. insurance and disability and all that. So it, it's like, how mu how much money do you need? Like, what's, what what, where is this going? Right. Like, well, so I mean, by it, taking everyone's paid breaks, you know, like at this one store, you're raking in, you know, like millions of extra dollars a year yeah. at this one store for what? Like, where's that going? Right. Well, who who's getting paid for this? Probably some fucking middle bureaucrat that's like doesn't really just pushes pencils and makes rules. 
And I was like, <sighs> well, that's the convoluted way of business. Like, people don't realize that most businesses, like good, you know, quote unquote, good business practices, are leveraging other people's money and debt. And how can you get ahead without taking a risk? Yeah. Where traditional business should be, what risk am I willing to take? Yeah. Like, I believe in myself so much that I'll go do this and I might fail. Yeah. Where the large corporations are like, oh, I have no risk. Let's just do it. Yeah. Like, the government will bail me out if I fail. Yeah. That's another frustrating thing, too, is like, why is the government going to bail out the very tip top of our society always? Right. Because I guess the logic is that if they break down, then everything else breaks down too. Let it. Which like. Uh, which I'm, I'm a little bit of an anarchist when it comes to that kind of thing. Yeah. Like, it's just like, well, then why. Watch it burn. Uh, something better will come from the ashes. Also, shouldn't we have like some checks and balances with that? Like, shouldn't there be something where like you know a bank that's too big to fail that's a little fucked up don't you think it's like don't you think that's like a way too much power to have in one central bank it's right. like why are we bailing these people out as a government why do, why doesn't why don't the people have any say in any of this why is our money not backed by gold anymore yeah that's a that's a scary <laughs> did you, one did you know that if our money was still backed by gold mm-hmm. um 7.25 an hour would be the same in today's society as $32 an hour. Really? Yeah. But since the it. Federal Reserve stopped backing our in our currency with with some standard. Yeah. It's on the uh it's not, it's not Freudian standard. What the heck is it? Um It's ba- it's based on this concept that uh the amount of money has no effect on the money's value. Mm. Whereas with the gold standard, we have a finite amount of gold. Yeah. So your dollar is this much. Yeah. So that will never change because this is gold and we have it here. Yeah. Um, That's why cryptocurrency is so interesting now because it's like they it's finite. they set a limit. They're like, yeah, there's this many bitcoins. Each one's worth this much now. Which is fifty eight thousand dollars. I think it broke sixty recently. Did it? Yeah. Oh my gosh! Good. Dude, insane. I have, I have eight bitcoin really on a thumb drive somewhere <laughs> somewhere no yeah. idea oh god because back in high school yeah um i i used my laptop to mine it really and i have i didn't know anything about it at the time yeah like connor just was like hey do this yeah I was like yeah cool yeah I, there's like that <laughs> thing it's like if you could go back in time to your younger self and have three words Buy to say all bitcoin right it's like invest <laughs> in bitcoin <laughs> And then just poof, bye. <laughs> right. right. Just like, and make a really serious face. Invest in yeah. Bitcoin. Right. Yeah. yeah. All my body, all my things that I would tell my past self would be body language. I'd show up with like Hulk fists on. Yeah. Buy Bitcoin. Right. Punk. Sell 60,000. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe it'll break 100. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for Dogecoin, man. Like, I have a lot, and I'm like, even if it gets to a dollar, I'll be ecstatic. Don't forget your little friends. <laughs> yeah, right? It's like, man. Because like what, what you were saying. Six cents right now? Six cents, yeah. I might have to go buy some. Might be a move, man. I'm holding until it's like legit. I mean, I could spend 100 bucks and not miss it. Yeah, exactly. 
Oh, Get yeah, yourself. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. Like a couple thousand Dogecoin. Exactly, dude. It's, it's totally, why not, you know? Yeah. Who knows what it could turn into. <laughs> Plus, I believe in the power of memes. Right. right. And Elon Musk. That's why I, that's why <laughs> I invested in the first place. I was like, Doge? Like the meme? <laughs> and I was like, dude, memes are so powerful. This is like, it's like a weird form of nihilism, right? Right. Where it's like, uh-huh, Dogecoin go burr. <laughs> right? <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> this is this billion-dollar cryptocurrency, and everyone's just like, fucking to the moon, baby. We're going to use it as moon currency. Yes. And, like, it's working. I don't know how sustainable that is, but I don't know, man. Something about memes are so powerful. If you show somebody a meme, the chances of them saying, oh, yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah are like high yeah but at the same time you flip to the next one or like a new one yeah and they laugh their asses off because uh, it applies so to everybody yeah for real and the doge one is just like just a funny looking dog you know <laughs> it's like a cool dog it's like a bitcoin with the doge meme yeah on it. i just i'm all about it i don't know man money is just weird like you were saying like here's my thing is if i could if Dogecoin went to a dollar, I'd just pay off my car, and the amount of financial freedom I'd have after paying off a car, it'd be insane. Yeah. Like, yeah. I told my friends I'd be over. Oh, nice. But yeah, I was saying, like, if I were to pay off my car and then keep the wages I have now, the amount of free money I'd have mm -hmm. would, like, I would easily be able to mobilize that into something bigger. Right. Um, And that's, like, the... That's like the really nice thing about a decent wage is that like you realize that you're like, oh, my expenses are this, but I have this much money left over. Like, really? Right. Like, like you, you know, as long as you're don't have a family or like you've kept your expenses down relatively, then you can, you can have some extra play money with like not like I make like 30K a year. Yeah. And it's not much, but like it, it is definitely enough. It is a hundred percent. Like I could see myself getting out of that. So long if I once I get my car paid off, it's like, then I'm like, wow, okay, I have some real opportunity to mobilize this money, whether it's investing or business or anything, like putting more into this podcast, whatever it might be. Like that's totally available. I just have to get over this little barrier first. Which, by the way, all of the equipment here is super awesome. You have like a legit. Setup. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah, Evo is a music producer. He was on a couple episodes ago. Uh, yeah, I saw. And um, yeah, he was praising me. He was like, these are all studio quality. Should I use <laughs> like just standard stuff? I was like, cool. Um, but I'll, I'll give you a warning um, when you, because I know you will, but at one point when you either make more money, pay your car off and have extra money, um, I opted when I started making more money to increase my lifestyle yeah and i think i did it a little too early yeah yeah um which i love my life I right love my lifestyle but if i could do anything different i would <clears throat> i would have kept my lifestyle at the same level yeah and used that money to set me off a little faster yeah that's that that's the dream right is like be content with your lifestyle but also have that extra money yeah yeah because i it's one of those things where it's like i don't see much more than i need right now but it's mm -hmm. like when you have the opportunity to have more the chances that you'll get more for yourself right. is high and you'll kind of like lose yourself in the sauce a little bit like all the the people that i hang out with now um outside of you know the business world which everybody in that is awesome 
Yeah. But um, the people that I hang out with, like, there's this pressure right now because we're all kind of at the same economic status, is getting a side-by-side, which is, like, an off-road buggy. Oh, okay. And uh, they're so much fun. Yeah. And I could see myself using it for more than just fun, like, because I love... I do anything for money. I, I, you know, yeah. I started a snow plowing business this past year, mm-hmm. and uh, I love that. But a side by side is like an unnecessary investment. Yeah, yeah. Like it's fun, but I don't need a twenty five thousand dollar trophy truck. Yeah, yeah. Which is what not it right is. now. Yeah, not right now. Oh yeah. my god! When I'm right. making a million dollars a year, I'm gonna have ten of them. Yeah, right. But it's gonna take me longer to get to a million dollars a year if i do it now yeah yeah so yeah just if you just kind of live that humble live humbly for a while Mm -hmm. but there is always that like youth versus money it's like if i have money when i'm 70 is that gonna be as nice as you know having a little having less money when i'm 26 that's why it's more important Mm -hmm. because if you if you save up now you catapult yourself so instead Sooner. of having money when you're 70, yeah. Now because you lived at so far below your means in your 20s, mm-hmm. now you have all that stuff when you're 30. Yeah. Yeah. So and which is like and that's the weird thing about our society. We think you die at 30. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like you you don't. I blew my 20s and yeah. then I died. In fact, like 40 is probably very similar to 30, which is I can almost guarantee you that life at 40 is the same as life now yeah honestly i didn't feel age is such a weird thing i felt the same i felt like i was 16 until i turned like 25 yeah and then i was like oh shit yeah i'm 25 <laughs> you had the same yeah. thing i was like till now i kind of still felt like a shithead 16 year old I... but like i still feel like i'm 25 24 i had this massive 22. like awakening at 25 yeah like i was like oh I see now that time is moving faster. Yeah. I physically see it. Yeah. And if I see it now, what's it going to be like at 50? Yeah. I better get serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's like, it. I think there's a weird connotation around work. Mm-hmm. You see, it's like work is seen as like this negative thing because the word work, I mean, who wants to do work? Right. Right. But like, there needs to be a new word for it. Like I like hustle, but that's Hustle's also that's also taken on like hustle porn, like this weird negative connotation where it's oh. like you always, you have to like hustle till your mental health gets out of whack. Mm-mm. It's like that's not it either. It's like you you want to work. You don't want to like being comfortable is good. Mm-hmm. Being comfortable all the time is not good. No, it's like you need periods of like oh, I gotta work. I believe that there's a finite amount of work that we all have to do. Yeah. It just depends on how fast you want to do it. Yeah, how much effort you want to put into it. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like you said with your mental health, if you go too fast, uh, are you are you familiar with boats at all? Like, um, Not really. So there, there's a concept called cruising speed versus yeah. max speed. Mm-hmm. You travel faster at cruising speed than you do at max speed. Hmm. Because at max speed, the drag of the water becomes so much to overcome yeah. that you are using twice as much fuel hmm. to go the same distance. Yeah. So I feel like there is a 
a required speed. Mm-hmm. Like you have to be moving. Yeah. You have to do work at some point. And that's what everyone does. And that ends up with them retiring at 65 and being okay in social security, whatever. And then there's a cruising speed that people that are massively successful have found mm-hmm. where they're working three times as much as anyone else mm-hmm. without burning themselves out right. and they get to the success mm-hmm. faster. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's max speed where you, you know, the person that never shuts up about the hustle they're doing this week versus yeah. next week. And then next year they're like, I had a mental breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. They have to take a year off now. Right. Now you're a whole year behind. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, I can't, I can't stand people that fake hustle. I'm so busy man like I I hate it when people tell me they're busy I'm just like I I know for a fact for 99% of people Mm -hmm. it's not a matter of you're so busy you can't do this it's a matter of priority yeah Yeah, it's like I've been around people who are busy the doctor I worked with for a year during my scribe job Mm -hmm. dude was busy dude was (laughs) like I mean got there at 6 a.m seeing patients till 5 p.m. Yeah. and then doing casts from 5 to 9. It's like, he's busy. Yeah, I've never heard him say he's busy. Never will hear him say he's busy. In fact, when people are fucking up and like they didn't make their appointment on time or yada yada, he'll be like, add him, add him to the end, let's go. It's like, no excuses, <laughs> right? It's just like, damn, dude. Like, yeah. That guy doesn't have time. He will never say he doesn't have time because he knows it's a matter of priority. Right. He knows his priorities and he works hard at them. And it's like, Though he has every right to say he doesn't have time, like he's not going to do it. And I don't think successful people will ever say they don't have time. Yeah, they'll be like, "Well, no, I've, I'm doing these things that I value more than what whatever you're proposing." Because mm-hmm. time is such a lazy argument. We all have 24 hours. Yeah, it's like time. Yeah, sure. I mean, I guess, but you get ready to be left in the dust when you keep on making excuses about time that you probably have to be honest but well all excuses are valid yeah but you know it's it's so are all the consequences that come from those excuses exactly, right it's exactly. just like it's like yeah okay you don't have time fine and it's like well sorry dude you didn't have time to do this that's why you got fired it's like why you didn't mm-hmm. progress the way you wanted to that's why you don't I, have time right that's why i'm cruising yeah that's why i'm, I'm that's why i'm you know not to brag on myself but you know i live alone i take care of myself i have Mm -hmm. two vehicles i do what i want yeah and anybody that wants to tell me that was given to me can shove it yeah right right (laughs) yeah it's like you got that because you're white it's like they didn't wake up at 3 a.m to go plow the fire station right because it was snowing and i care about them yeah like exactly it's like there's there's work is just so humbling and like it's another one of those objective things that when you see it you just have to agree on it you're like somebody's putting in more work mm-hmm. and they're doing it better with a better attitude this person's going to get yeah. more out of whatever work they're doing than they someone... spent 20 years honing the skill that allowed them to go that fast mm-hmm. it's like you can't compare yourself to them but you can learn everything from them yeah and that's a really dangerous part of your mid-20s i think it's because like I think everyone in their mid-20s feels just, just, like, weird. Just, like, am I doing enough? Yeah. Like, am I am I doing what I want to do? Am like, I actually 
like alive in this am i conscious of what i'm doing or it's like it feels like this weird like i don't i still like you still have time to like latch on to something go really hard and like get good at it but it's like at this point you don't have the raw ambition of your childhood just to go at something <laughs> and you know do it forever yeah you skip four meals in a row and yeah lose two days worth of sleep exactly like you're like not you doing that you're feeling that pain at 25 right and it's just it's such a like a really weird hole to be in because it feels like you're not doing anything ever but mm -hmm. like you know it, it, it's just a perspective thing because like you said when you're comparing yourself to people that are ultra successful and you know hyperactive all the time it's like yeah you're not gonna feel as good as that or like you're not gonna feel like you live up to that but but you look at these guys in their 40s and you're like i want to be them am mm -hmm. i doing am i am i on the right path yeah like am i Am I working hard enough to get there? Mm -hmm. Because I drive through. Have you ever driven through like the nice neighborhoods on Harrodsburg Road? Yeah. Like, I don't want to live in a neighborhood ever. Yeah. But like, I wanna. I wanna live like some of these people. Yeah. Right. Like Jesus, their house yeah. is their house is like seven times bigger than mine. Right. Yeah. Of course I want that. Like that sounds great, but you know how much it's gonna require to get that. Yeah. And that is way more than most people are willing to put in mm -hmm. which is also great too it's like personally when people want to give up i don't want people to give up on whatever they're doing mm -hmm. but if you're so nihilistic and you're just like oh it'll never happen i can't do it yada yada i'm like cool you're right yeah <laughs> all right that's fine like you heard, you more heard opportunity guy. for me you know like I, I i don't have much to say to people that feel like that although personally i feel like i want to help those people the most I just applied to grad school for clinical psychology. Yeah. So I figured Congrats. I, I want to, that's kind of like my path I want to go down, especially after studying all these like psychologists and it's just what I'm interested in. It's like yeah. logically what I want to do, but it's those kind of people that I want to help to be like, you have every reason to like be mad at the world and be nihilistic and all this. And despite all of that, you are like stronger than you think. Then mm -hmm. you can come. O you can make it over that. I'm gonna read your book when you write it someday, dude. One of one of these days. <clears throat> I'm so excited. But like, you know, that's that's the message that people are not getting is that, and like, people need so little encouragement because mm -hmm. a lot of times people don't get encouraged to do things. It's always like, do what I say, right? right? Especially with parents. Like I'm Asian. I know exactly what that feels well, like. Well, you know how to teach someone how to ride a bike. I mean, you could explain the concept of balance and yeah. pedaling at the same time and shifting your balance and counter steering all day long till you're blue in the gills. Yeah. But the only thing that matters when teaching a kid how to ride a bike is the, hyping them up. Is that they? Yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's literally it. You have it's, to get them to no, ride it. No, yeah. Timmy, you can do it. Yeah. You can do it. I believe in you. You can do it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one push later, they can ride a bike now. Right that's literally life yeah <laughs> like, and you know when you get to a certain age no one wants to push you like that so like <laughs> figure it the fuck out you loser right, right? it's like man they're the ones that need the extra push that's the thing it's like and you have every right to feel like that everything's against you and all these obstacles you have to overcome mm -hmm. and it's like the fact that you're human and alive still right now means that you can overcome those obstacles right like the belief that you can't is the is the problem it's not these other things. It's the belief that you can't overcome those other things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I mean, there's, there's a guy with no arms that learned to play the French horn with his feet. It's just like, I don't know what That's to, so awesome. right? It's like, I don't know what to, like, that guy was probably encouraged in a way. Yeah. That was like, you know what? 
I could still do that, right? Yeah. And then you did. It's like, I think that's possible for everyone. Because, like you said earlier, like, I believe in humans, too. Yeah. I very much believe in the capability of humans to do great things. And, like, it just, you just have to have, like, a little perspective. A little perspective switch. A little motivation. And just a general accepting that life is suffering right (laughs) can be there's this weird like notion in our society that life should be happiness Mm -hmm. and it's just like let's be real happiness is great it's not something worth striving for though because like once you get it it's there and then it's gone well happiness is the root of the word in latin i mean it's based on happenings Hmm. yeah so like it happiness is temporary and circumstantial Mm -hmm. if you really want to hunt for something you can hunt for something more meaningful like meaning purpose or joy or purpose yeah and those are those are intangible things that you can literally have at any financial state Mm -hmm. any any career state you can find joy but it's within you it's not based on happenings right Right, because happiness, it's one of those things, like, it's fleeting. Mm-hmm. But the uh, the feeling of purpose is not. Right. It's been, when you can continue, and, like, that feeling of purpose isn't always going to be happy either. When you feel like you have a role to fulfill. It and, can be terrifying. Yeah, sometimes you, it's like, ah, oh, I can't believe I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just like, imagine, like, a Navy SEAL having to save, like, a bunch of people from a burning building kind of thing. It's right. like, people can do that right it's like that's horrifying but you can do it and you know it's just a matter of perspective it's and it's just it's hard to communicate that these days because there's the the ideas of mental health have gotten i'm glad that they're more prominent i'm glad people will take more time for themselves yeah but like with any discovery some things get taken to the extreme where like you know because you were diagnosed with depression all of a sudden you feel like you can't do anything and it's just like you know it's like that's horrible it sucks but it's like that does that's not a death sentence right i think it's more who's the loudest like i agree that this movement is is healthy Mm -hmm. i believe that people being more aware of what makes them happy versus you know what someone else told them to do is important yeah but i just think it's i think that someone is louder than you like the commercials telling you hey happiness is this product yeah yeah happiness is this vacation right where and then that's why people feel like complete crap when they get home Mm. and because they're not on vacation yeah they tied their entire emotional state to where they were not working yeah whereas some guy in malaysia has joy yeah he has purpose his purpose might be his family his purpose might be a rebellion his purpose might be his religion Mm -hmm. but he has joy and contentment in every action that he takes and he's happier than you yeah because you tied your happiness to a vacation Right, to something that's not within you. Yeah. 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 That's that's a good place to end, I would say. That's sure. a solid 
philosophical ending, man. Yeah, leave yeah. them thinking. Right. Just you can do it. That's pretty much it, you right? You can do it. A message yeah. of happiness. You can do it and just do it. <laughs> just do it. Okay, <laughs> Nike had it right. Nah, Nike is so wrong. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for coming, Brandon. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me great on Mr. Cra- Paris. Great catching up. But yeah, till next time. Till next time, buddy.